AKA Radio. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another issue of Krakoa Radio. It is me, the Dowager at Krakoa Radio, the lovely, very amazing Omega Bottom from the House of Night. And I am here with my illustrious co-host, and I would like to introduce first my friend, my sister, Blackbird. Hello, hello, hello. It's he who sits upon the throne of dawn, Table Dawn's emissary, the always right, the knowing and all seeing, the one Showtime can't fucking stand. Um, he's rolling his eyes right now because he stands so fucking hard. <laughs> Professor Underwood, indomitable, illustrious. Listen, 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 and know that I'm never wrong, and anything Showtime tells you is a fucking lie. Thank you so much. <laughs> Friendly reminder, I edit the episode. Don't give a fuck. I don't wow. care. I don't care if you edit the episodes. I don't care. I I slave every day. And I don't think you appreciate it. I don't think you appreciate it. Okay. I work too. I work you better, hard. You better you better calm down, Brandy Maxio, before uh Shawnee uh Shawnee O'Neill over here get upset. Thank your services no longer Thank you for your services. Uh-huh. Well, thank you so much. I'll be going. I'm going to ask Connor at Cerebro if he needs a co-host. Bye. Wow. <laughs> um, also, I'd like to introduce my other charming peacemaker of a co-host, the Wind God Bonte. What's up, y'all? Table day. Your region here. I'm sipping on my Rocky Moscato. If y'all haven't had it, please try it because this shit will get you in a mood, baby. I'm ready to tell this man I got up in here. <laughs> you gotta come on, Naomi, with the with the uh, with the finger clapping. You deserve you deserve friends. Thank you. Um, and of course, um, this man needs no introduction. He is a Shea Coulee. Of, of Kokoro Radio. He is a god in flesh. <sighs> Girls, get your pussies ready. It's Dr. Showtime. Welcome one, welcome all. This is your representative at the table of dawn. The winner's table, as we all need not never be reminded. Um, keep in mind that there's no losers at this table. Sure about that. And with that, wow. <laughs> I control the narrative. Okay? I do. Capricorn Nation. Real quick, before we continue, I did want to give a shout out to Orion, baby. Um, We know you listen to every episode, so we just wanted to say a special shout out to you. And also shout out to everyone who's joining us from TikTok. Thank you so much for liking our video uh, that I posted. And thank you so much for wanting to join us. Just because, like, specifically that we're Black queer people um, deeply invested in reading and um, dragging X-Men. Um, let's see if we get free passes to Comic-Con, though. Thankfully, it's been more enjoying and less reading. But, you know. Let us never yeah. come across Child Magneto ever again. Mm. Leah, Unless girl. you read it as the trade and then... Only the last issue. What did they do? Did they change the name of it from Trial of Magneto to Trials of X or something? That's what I saw on the timeline. Yeah. yeah that's wild. Yeah, really? That's, that's what it should have been. That's what it should have been in the beginning because Trial of Magneto, and it wasn't even about Magneto. This is very misleading. 
Wow. Leah, girl, you be having Trial the trenches the defending you. I'll be up in Trial this bitch fighting hard for you. I, you got one last champion on this bitch, and like, let it be known. Ask any of the prior people I've championed in front of this council. I got a very short fuse. We love you, oh, sis. Sure. We I love you. The one, because, baby, the way that was a three ninety nine, I'm about to sell and get my money back for. I don't care if it was five dollars for putting that gas tank or to go to McDonald's. It's going back. <laughs> Girl, your whole book is being sold for McChicken. Fix know. it up. I Shape like, it up. I like, to, I like to send a message to Orion while I have his undivided attention. Um, Orion, it's me, Henry. And if you're ever in New York, I would love to show you my Arbor Magna. Orion, <laughs> this is a message from Blackwood, Stevie. If you're ever in Columbus, I'm more than willing to lay side by side with you. Can you be demure for once? Can you be a lady like I am? No, I'm a slut. <laughs> I, I also have a message for Orion. Don't listen to those whores. Just come to Baltimore. Orion, you cool. I'm a married woman, so you ain't got to worry about me. <laughs> I'm the only one you ain't got to worry about, baby. Or you can take turns with each of us. We don't mind. We are a coven. We are a circuit. And we always share, except for Avante. We share at all times. Steven is, Steven is, Jessica, Steven is Jessica Lang. <laughs> Steven is Jessica Lang. Y'all just want me to feel less about myself, which was why, weird. My mom said something for the first time ever. My mom said, you are the most confident of all my kids. And it was such a crown on my head because I didn't used to be so confident. I used to be insecure. I used to be a little fragile, a little punk. That's what my uh, cousins called me. Um, you know, niggas from Philly don't sugarcoat shit. Uh, <laughs> and now look at me, crown on my head, unshaken, undisturbed by certain hateful bitches uh, on the council. <laughs> Council. First of all, who? That's, that's what I'm That's wild. Who? Who? I who? wonder who. Who? 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 Keep it on the playground. Oh, we can play all day, baby. <laughs> I love Baltimore. I love Baltimore. They'll never be Jersey. Wow. I'm not from here. Okay. Where are you from? PG. Is it DC? Yes. Oh my God, that's Wait, you from PG County? Let me find out you're from yes. the DC. Wait, what part of PG yeah. County are you from? We've discussed this many times before. No, we have not. I would have remembered it. Just as I would have remembered, remembered it, Showtime. I didn't say your, your name, Stephen. I said Henry. Oh. That must have been the one. Yeah, me feel bad. I'm like, I, <laughs> this is the softness in me. I say, oh, you feel bad. I like to remember things about you. You're my friend. <laughs> oh, really? Y'all are my friends. You guys are my friends. I enjoy remembering things about you. I enjoy taking a personal interest in the things that's happening in your lives. Period. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm a very nice person. I do nothing mean ever. Wow. Okay, so we're talking uh, live for the show today? Wow. I'm not a Back mean person. I, I, am, I am only kind. I am only kind to people. I am the heart 
of this of this every actually i i am an endless fountain of empathy and compassion if my green lantern ring were to come right now it would be purple it would not it would be full of uh, lies i'm joking that shit would be red as fuck <laughs> it would i was about to say that shit would be I'm red as fuck right i i like to also <laughs> announce um our, our sponsor today, Razor and Atrocitus of the Red Lanterns, for this lovely episode we're about to partake in. Oh, this it's a box of beef. It works for the Red Lantern conglomerate of Sector 92675. Listen, I've been watching, I've been, I never, I'm gonna be honest, I never understood the Sinestra Wars, and I never understood Blackest Night. And so I took the weekend to learn more about it, and Geoff Jones did that shit, and he I did. had to, he did his damn thing with it. Um, His whole run on Green Lantern revolutionized everything. Thing. I'm also about to read Far Sector. Like, there's a lot of it I really liked, and I, I really started experimenting with my fantasy writing because I feel like fantasy can learn a lot from those sci-fi narratives. Um, Look, because magic's the technology. I, I forgot it was up here. Just in case. Girl. Oh, I thought she was about to. Never mind. We'll keep that. Um, oh, I do. I do need to jerk off because I because think of that. I don't come when I bottom. I just like loud anal orgasms. So like, so a top can fuck me as long as he wants. That used to be me. I used to never come, and then I was like the experience of giving pleasure was always what I was there for. Now I just go home and jerk off. Yeah, anal orgasms are much more like I don't rely on a guy to like make me nut. Like anal orgasms is like where it's at. So like, so, like then like if I'm getting anal orgasm and like, I don't nut, my tank, my sex drive won't tank. From the ejaculation, so I can go rounds and let them just keep like we can like you know get those little piece of fried chicken, fuck some more, and go rounds. That's why you like I stop, and, and, and tops get so like upset because I won't like have a penile orgasm, and I'm just like no, it just it just keeps my sex drive peak so you can keep fucking me, so I don't like ever tap out. That's also also like being aside sometimes, like you know because I don't like being out. overstimulated, like being overstimulated literally lessens my sex drive in a little bit i don't know it's a very weird sensation it's like altogether just very weird um but oh girl this is not gonna be another moon we take 20 minutes to start the episode let's let's leap on and um, oh, like, so showtime i'm so sorry showtime yeah, don't, let the, no, no. don't let the show the show confuse you i do love showtime very deeply um he is uh, among one of my favorite people deeply. to speak to I don't be loving it deeply and turn into a Twinkie again. That's so fun, isn't it? I, I just had a conversation One with someone. One of my favorite like, things to do to somebody. It's like it's like Halloween every day. My pussy's a haunted house. I like, I like the idea day. of participating in a cum dump, but I don't want to do the actual task of that because something about it is just... It's like something like, you know the things that you like in theory as so a kink, but you, you don't would, actually want to... <laughs> you would be the dump or would you be the cum? So that's a good question. So that's a very good question. I think I I think both. I think we'll experience both. I love that for you. Thank you. I say like, I think there's like aspects of both that um really entertain me, but I know that me as a bottom, I'm not at all equipped for that. That's like in terms of my my repertoire of powers, it's like my bottoming abilities are not very powerful. And it's because of my horrible experiences, my first time. I my, for, yeah, my first time bottoming was so horrible of an experience. But then every single time afterwards, it's just, 
hookups and I do not I do not enjoy a hookup that is lacking intimacy or any sexual experience that's lacking intimacy. Um and so it's just never gonna pan out. I think I will never feel secure with someone that much unless I'm in a relationship. So we'll we'll see when I'm in a relationship. But so basically what I gather from what you just said uh-huh, uh-huh. is that you yeah. have two power is that you have two power types, but you in a mega level in only one of those power types, right? Uh-huh. Generally, so I wouldn't what I even call like it's my power type. It's like one of my skill sets, you know. It's like, you know, magic, you know, magic is a teleporter and she's a very powerful one, but she's more known for being a sorcerer. Mm-hmm. You know, my my sexuality, my sexual proclivity is my sorcery. So I I wouldn't count that as my mutant gift, um, my weapon. I know what my weapon is, it's all in my brain here, baby. It's my gift of gab. It's my ability to never be wrong. Uh, I'm not always right. I'm never wrong. Is that your housewife tagline? Yes, honestly. <laughs> it's a great ability. So who goes first? Oh, so today, uh, lovely uh, subscribers and, and people who are in love with our show and you amazing people and, of course, <laughs> you are Ryan. This is for you, Daddy. Um, today we are reviewing X Force number twenty eight, New Mutants number twenty five, which is a great, a great issue. Uh, X Men Red number two, Wolverine number twenty one, and the Immortal X Men number two, and that person, Celine, that awful person. Uh, and we are going to kick it off first with Immortal X-Men number two. Take it away, Dr. Showtime. Yo, baby, you can do this. So y'all know that um, one of my favorite uh, X-Men villains is Celine, uh, and she's on the cover, so, you know, we got our lives. All right, so we open up to uh, Hope and the rest of the five. Um, are seeing the uh, big monster thing that Celine just unleashed on the island uh, when the uh, Quiet Council selected Hope as uh, to take the final remaining seat on the council instead of Celine. Um, and Xavier comes to Celine and is like, "Girl, why would you do all of this?" And Celine teleports off the island and goes immediately. Uh, to um, the is it is this the Coven Akava? Who the fuck are these people? Yeah, Coven Akava. Um, to uh, essentially defect and become uh, a member of their coven. Uh, Hope is then seen um, trying to rescue folks off the island, um, and she is explicitly instructed. Um, that she needs to uh, remain safe and out of the way because she's important. She's integral to uh, the resurrection protocols. We see um, two of the baddest bitches on the entire island of Krakoa, Storm and Magneto, team up together to fight uh, the big ass damn monster. Um, Magneto throws a whole bunch of fucking metal into the monster and uh, lets Storm know that uh, the monster is significantly magnetized 
to receive a big ass fucking charge from Storm throwing uh, lightning. Uh, so they work together and destroy the fuck out of this damn monster. Um, uh, Destiny and uh, Emma are in uh, the Quiet Council room. And uh, Destiny notes that the future is uh, warping around them. Uh, and then we see that the beast uh, is being uh, reconstituted. Uh, Dr. Nemesis um, says that the beast has a connection to the big uh, monster thing, has a connection to Otherworld, um, and that if you destroy it, uh, that uh, everything goes boom, is what he says. Uh, so essentially, they can't do anything to the monster directly. Uh, so what they do, then we get back over to Hope. Hope um, and uh, Exodus have an exchange, which Exodus has always viewed Hope as the mutant messiah since she was given that title when she first was introduced. Uh, and so um, he encourages her to do the messiah thing uh, and save everybody. Um and that uh, then she decides to mimic um, Exodus's power, which is uh, stated to be um, strengthened by folks having uh, faith in him. And then she mimics him, and his faith in her gives her strength. Um, so they uh, are able to essentially tank a attack by the big monster thing. Um, Uh, we see uh, Sinister is uh, in his uh, room thing um, or his lab hiding out and doing experiments um, and decides that he needs to open up his gene closet and give himself some additional mutant abilities. Um, and it's a bunch of gifts that um, he hasn't explicitly stated, but then he teleports himself uh, to the giant monster thing um, and injects himself with the genes uh, and becomes a giant monster himself uh, and tries to take on, um, it looks like he has a bunch of the Wolverine powers because he has claws galore in all of the spots that all the other Wolverines have claws. Um, and he has um, Scott's uh, eye blast power as well. He attacks the giant beast, um, is able to sort of fight it off, um, sort of, kind of, and not really all that great. It explodes, um, and then he is back in his regular-sized body, um, and uh, Kurt teleports him out of the water that they are in, because they fall into the ocean for some stupid ass fucking reason, because every monster fight has to be in the ocean. Okay, so Sinister um, explodes the the uh, giant beast thing, uh, and Kurt pops out into the ocean. Um, now that Sinister is back to his regular sized body and takes and teleports him to the beach, um, where Emma announces that they're going to have an emergency council meeting and pulls them all telepathically together. Um, so that they have to make some decisions. Um, and then Emma quietly takes power and uh, says, to me, my quiet counsel, um, in 
her uh, exercise of showing everybody just how big her ovaries are. Uh, so they have an exchange uh, amongst them um, trying to discuss uh, the Celine, the decision to pick Celine, uh, Hope over Celine um, and the consequences of that. Um, and then uh, it is pointed out that they are vulnerable to magic. That was Destiny. Uh, who pointed that out, and Kurt uh, suggests that maybe they invite magic to the council, um, and Colossus states that his sister uh, is enjoying being a captain too much, um, and that um, then they uh, discuss that they have uh, Summer's Protocols, which specifically um, have... Uh, protocols for a bunch of different um, scenarios and attacking the island. So they discuss uh, the delaying of a kaiju uh, protocol. Um, and so they are going to have the captains essentially stall it out until uh, they come up with a uh, solution uh, to get rid of to getting rid of it altogether. Destiny uh, and Mystique approach Hope uh, while they are. Uh, Rome, uh, walking around the island uh, trying to rescue uh, different mutants from the path of the giant beast. Um, and Destiny just casually, as Destiny does, tells Hope, um, Celine's going to be at this location at exactly this time, and I'm sure if somebody shoots her the fuck through uh, a window, that um, we can end this whole entire thing with this giant beast. Um, and Destiny is going to just continue to be cryptic that way. Um, so Hope uh, takes that heart and approaches Ileana uh, on the low so that she can copy her uh, power. She grabs a gun uh, and uh, teleports uh, to the sky just above where Celine is. Um, and because she's such a gifted um, uh, sniper rifleist sniper um hope takes a shot while she's falling through the air uh to teleport uh and then she teleports herself back uh to krakoa uh so that it, she's not missed ends up killing celine or she's external so you know how that goes um she makes a nearly impossible shot and shoots the fuck out of celine uh killing her um and then she teleports back to um back to Krakoa, uh, she ends up using a Mysterium bullet to kill uh, Selene uh, because it has the uh, added benefit of um, uh, the anti-magic effect of uh, Mysterium. Uh, she teleports back to the island, um, and as soon as she does so, uh, the beast is destroyed. Uh, she wait, she uh, allows Selene to be resurrected, then punches the fuck out of her, um, and then has uh, Exodus uh, reprogram or use his telepathy before they uh, provide her back with her memories uh, to um, tell her to tell Celine to turn off uh, the monster, um, and then it disappears. Uh, they go back to their meeting that they were having in. Um, in the quiet council room, uh, Hope is having a discussion um, stating that she broke no laws, uh, whereas Celine did. Um, and so it would make sense to um, uh, 
to not punish Hope um, in lieu of punishing uh, Celine. Um, and because um, it, as Emma is discussing in the quiet council meeting, um, that Celine did bre break one of their laws, respect the sacred land. Um, and because um, it would do no good to throw Celine down into the hole, um, they decide instead um, to. Uh, to kill, uh, to dis decide on uh, essentially doing what the Eternals do and put uh, Celine in the resurrection queue in a in essentially a holding pattern where she's not going to be resurrected. Um, Hope essentially displays that um, she has a great deal of leadership aptitude uh, that she's picked up from Cable. Uh, her and Exodus have a discussion about how he still sees um, that she is a messiah. Um, and then he calls her a superior kind of messiah and continues to call her messiah. Um, and uh, so Celine is back in the resurrection queue, um, or so they think. And Uh, Destiny and Mystique are walking away from the choir council meeting. Uh, Destiny states um, that the uh, magical creature um, was a disruption to time and space, uh, and she's felt queasy ever since, um, which indicates that she may be um, uh, experiencing some sort of uh, interaction with a reality warp coming up. Um, and then she passes out and is yelling, you're a ghost, you're a ghost, you're a ghost, um, and passes out in front of Mystique. And that is the end of the issue. Um, rude comments, uh, thoughts, critiques, criticisms. Celine um, is a bad bitch. Sorry. I was going to just say that Celine is a bad bitch that does not play by the rules. I love her so much. Period. Period. And she's the perfect, like, I don't know if you want to consider her anti-villain or anti-hero or, you know, just a plain out villain, but, like, Mama's going to give it in this immortal realm. Um, I'm really, I want uh, Hope and Exodus to have a baby. Just Hope like and Exodus? Yeah, this is a whole sissy friend. Ooh. A little bent wrist, a little. That's his hag. Okay. That's his yes, hag. Uh, <laughs> That's his hag. When X has become gay, since his uh, creation, he has he has a whole hard on for um, Black Knight. I remember and Magneto. Like, in, in Age of Apocalypse, he was dating Dazzler. Is he like bisexual or? No, he's gay, gay friend. Maybe that's maybe he was bisexual in that timeline, but yeah, that's I, I thought he was. I thought he was straight. I mean, I, I knew he like he had he like. I almost say he had a hard on for Magneto because like Baby Cortez really had a hard on for Magneto. He was obsessed. That nigga. All Magneto had to do was get a scratch, and that nigga was right there. That was like mm -hmm. that was like some like unsolved mysteries type shit. Like Fabian was crazy as fuck. Like single white they... like that, that nigga was crazy. Yeah, they definitely robbed Blindfield it up in the Age of Apocalypse. 
There's a no gays allowed, no queers. Uh, he's just a really big man crush. And it's so it's so heterosexual. So he wants to get fuck go, go fuck Dazzler. But I feel like even like as Connor iconically says, you know, all gays want to fuck their icons. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like if you ask any any gay beehive member, if Beyonce wanted to fuck you, would you do it? They say, hell yeah. Oh, no issue. <laughs> no problem. I don't, I don't no problem. How I feel about Rihanna. I'm a Janet Jackson fan. I don't want to put my dick inside of her. I feel like Janet Jackson is just too she powerful. That's like you. Cyclops. That's like Cyclops fucking Storm. Like, it's not going to happen. Because Storm is just too intimidating and too powerful. Like, that's not... You don't fuck God. That's like fucking Zeus. You don't do it, sis. You just don't. We'll get to that later. Why we don't (laughs) fuck with Storm. You don't fuck with Storm. It's... So my TikTok I made today It's We don't pretend not to be biased. <laughs> we don't pretend not to be. We are in your face. We this is actually a storm podcast, and we just pretend it's an expert podcast. See, we found a way to talk about storm. Well, she is in this comic. Aurora the storm. Aurora the storm. Um, she who taint the circle. I'm just saying, it's just true. Um, so I really, I really want them to do. I do want them to get more heavily into Storm in this comic book. That's my major criticism: is that we have not seen the consequences of her representing two councils at once and the interests of one with the other. I will say it's probably just because we're seeing her, like I want to say, a month before she gets into her X Men red bag. Or actually, I'm not sure that ugh, I brought up the times timeline in this, and you know, when you bring up the timeline and these uh, Dawn of X comics, shit gets weird. You can't it's know hard. for sure. But it's hard she's... when you have the same character in two different books. Yes. But from my, but from my understanding, she's on, I mean, she's already on Oracle, but I, I don't, yeah, like these timelines can be really confusing. I've seen people threatening to sit down and iron out exactly when everything is happening. I had a general idea before this new line of comics dropped. Like, you could look at it and go, okay, Sabretooth is happening months before all this shit goes down. Um, like, Apocalypse is still there. Versus now, like, Storm dealt with the consequences of the X-Men vote that we saw where they went, do we go back to Amenth or do we stay here? And like she has two different perspectives about why she was distracted. One perspective is she was thinking about shit. The other perspective is Araka wanted to talk to her and say, I need my voice represented and can you please go get my homegirl back for me, sis? Thank you so much. You know, and that happened at a period, I want to say, just before Hope join so i feel like immortal x-men is the present date it's just that storm decided to change her fucking clothes back into her old costume yeah i feel like storm mm -hmm. on krakoa wears the old costume and storm in on arako is wearing her brotherhood costume i feel like storm should really bring it up to the councils like this bitch brand does not need to be on our planet doing the shit she does, especially not representing the X-Men. When you have not been elected, that's a whole elected position now. You can't represent the X-Men without a fucking vote. That's for later. That's for later. Yeah, because I'm still... Yeah, that is for later. I was going to say, you delegate mutants and we ain't... We ain't give you no pussy. Yeah, that is for later. Yeah, that's 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 for later. Yeah, that's
I just don't think Celine should have been killed in this. That's my major thing is I don't think she should have been killed because she didn't break any laws technically. Go, oh, well, respect this land. It's like she had a point. You guys used the, her dead friends to build that gate in the first place. And then you told her that she has no real claim to the throne. And she told you what was going to happen. You really should not have really just taken her for granted like that. Because you and know how all, she is. They all said, well, a few of them said that she wasn't, well, Destiny specifically said that she wasn't wrong. That like, they do have a vulnerability to magic. And when you don't have somebody magical on your quiet council, you are not even aware of or thinking about magical defenses for the island because that is your one big weakness. You don't have a lot of magic folks on the island and you need them to protect yourselves from magical uh, interactions with the island. Which is why I'm still confused as to why they never put Selene on the council because, I mean, I hope I can kind of get it, but at the same time, I'm like, I really only felt like they they really only put her on the council really because of Exodus and that, that Messiah shit. So, really, like, if some magic type of threat was to happen, like, they wouldn't have somebody on the council that could be like, oh, hey, you know, this this is a measure that we need to take, or this is what we're dealing with. So this is how we need to plan. Like, what is Hope gonna do? And I feel like that more that, than Colossus. So let's swap out Colossus for her and let Celine take Apocalypse. I feel like the Quiet Council is mystophobic, just like they were telepathophobic. Um, <laughs> I'm making up. I'm uh, clairvoyantphobic. I don't know what the terminology would be, but they have something against witches. All right, they have something against witches, and like. It's not looking well. It's not looking well. I will say, it's a little sus, sis, that you went to Covenant Okaba and you hung out with them. Sis, I know you like sacrificial magic and you like, you know, you love a good sacrifice, but sis. It's giving tragic mulatto, Abigail Brand. I'm like, sis, you really shouldn't have been around them. They don't like you. They don't like you, sis. They don't. And I know her and Morgana Le Fay probably had like an old, they used to be in the same coven. You know, they sacrificed babies together back when, you know, Camelot was still around. But, sis, you can't just keep going out like that. You can't, you gotta leave some shit in the past. Yeah, and now they got her body, too. Oh, shit, yeah, they do. And Which is a whole other situation. Aren't 10,000, aren't 5,000 year old mutants powerful, like, focus, focuses? Doesn't they establish that? They sure went to retrieve her body. They gotta go do that. Yes, because her bones are. Wait, she died. Has she died before? It doesn't have to be that you died. It is just your body because apocalypse sir doesn't. No, focus. I'm sa- the though the reason why I'm asking is because if she died before, then her bones wouldn't necessarily be ancient. Which would no, be- apocalypse died, died before she, too. She's never died before because the thing that they had to get a Mysterium bullet to take her out, and they say that very clearly in the issue. Yeah, the bullet. I think even the bullet has to stay in her for it to stay yeah. dead. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like anti magic or something. So they couldn't kill with a regular bullet. But even then, Apocalypse has died. That's not his original body, and he still functioned. It's like magic doesn't really care about the literalness of some shit. Sometimes we know that it's just like the metaphor of what's going down. The metaphor is the dead mutant who has existed. A mutant who has existed for a certain amount of time can be used as a focus. Um, naturally for a specific ritual, specifically the gateways. So officially, if she destroyed the, like, literally, she said, I'll just destroy the gate and you can't do anything. I would have looked at her like, then we'll use you. 
We'll use you, sis. It just, it comes down to that, baby. I do think Prodigy would be a good elect because I feel like the council does need a newer perspective um, in terms of the Academy X mutants should probably be represented on that um, on that list. They went through the worst of it. Their attempt, that was why they started to include, or rather, why they included Hope as part of the Quiet Council. The same sort of with Kitty, because she's sort of on the younger end also, but she's the generation before um, the Gen X and Academy X folks. But I've read those Five Lights books, all right? I endured the Five Lights, all right? I think we all did. And mm-hmm. I don't think I can count her as Academy X. I know a lot of people roll the Academy X people well, in with everyone else. As Academy X, I'm counting her as, like, that younger generation that, like, came after the New Mutants and everything. But I'm talking specifically someone who did deal with the Decimation event. And also, this is also an important thing to me, someone who's an Avenger. And I feel like Prodigy does encompass both. He was a young Avenger. And he also endured being decimated. He lost his X-Gene. And he also went through, like, those new mutants got, they went through some shit. Like, I don't think any other mutant, they was getting dealt with like they were fucking Morlocks. All right? They were getting tossed around. They released a fucking Predator into the school. They were, like, probably just losing friends left and right. And it was traumatic. And I do think within those experiences he went through, it informs how someone should actually address relationships with humans. Because I'm like, y'all neglected all these kids and then like watched them get butchered. And like the illusion that is Xavier's dream just came undone. And he's the one person who went, I will never become an X-Men. And he stuck by that. He met that shit, but then he was forced to become one because they were hunting them and there was no other choice. I think... Within that, there is someone who can represent a lot of interest, especially because Prodigy taught Wicked how to do magic. So, like, I think definitely the answer to who can cover our weaknesses is the person who can cover all your weaknesses. That's Prodigy. To me. To me. That's my pitch. Okay, anything else about Immortal X-Men number two? No. I hope that Hope, the little stunt with, I know your power is better than you actually do, doesn't make people think that she is better than Sync. She's still not. We also got that Sync cameo, the first time they ever talked to each other. And they didn't really talk either. They didn't really talk. He just went like, okay, you're going to do the council shit. I'm going to go take your spot <laughs> over here real quick um, with the rest of the five. With Gold Ball. Beat. Um, only thing I had to say was that feat with Storm and Magneto was badass. And the mm-hmm. fact that they acknowledged that either one of them was capable of taking out this monster. So, Also, me. Nightcrawler, um, it's kind of not a good look for the German on the team to be citing and giving compliments to a Nazi. Well, technically, Ooh. Nazi Sinister mm-hmm. was killed. We're just gonna, you know. <laughs> wave our hands and pretend like that excuse made sense. Are right, we gonna focus real hard, real hard on the fact that he is 
he is only technically a Nazi. He has Nazi ancestry. Let's put it like that. Yes. Nazi ancestry. Good for you, Nathaniel. You get away with a technicality. Let's see if your clone can do any better. That's all I got. All right. So, so this... next up is X-Force number 28. Ooh. The book that I have tragically lost interest in. Oh, no. Well, let's pull back your interest again. So okay. we open up uh, X-Force number 28 to a sentient uh, cerebral device, and he is projecting uh, light constructs of the X-Men he has eating and con- eaten and consumed. He is communicating with all people he's consumed, and he's like, we need more, we need to feed more, we need all their energy, we need all their powers and abilities, we need to feed and feed and feed. We switch over to the Healing Gardens, and it's Cecilia Reyes, Sage, and Beast going over the dead by people that have been killed. Um, in some of these panels, we see the death of Havoc. We see the death of Polaris. And I can't see who this other person is that died. But this man is basically, this um, active, you know, alive cerebral device is eating their skulls and their brains to get their abilities to some wild shit. Um, but Cecilia, Cecilia Reyes acknowledges that he's collecting power. We now are at the Crucible, and it is a juggernaut quitting choir fighting Silver Samurai in the Crucible, and they're going back and forth and fighting. Um, of course, Silver Samurai wins, um, but apparently Quentin Choir was telekinetically controlling this body um, from his bedroom, and it is revealed to Wolverine that um, that he has been collecting uh, different versions of himself that look like other X-Men, and like, look, we don't have time to talk for this shit. We need to go to this damn mission and take care of business. And then we go to Sage, who is by, who was found um, Omega Red in a cave eating some kind of Krakoan bo- <clears throat> kind of boar. And they're having a conversation about, like, who they both are. And just like, you know, she's like, you know what? You don't have to have, you don't have that, that vampiric lust anymore. You don't need to, like, eat this way. He's like, well, this is who I am. And, you know... And say just like being transparent about like her drinking problem and like you know doing things that she regrets and like we all do things we regret. So trying to level with Omega Red, um, and trying to also convince him to join X Force. Um, from there we see Domino and Wolverine trying to break into one of the cradles, and once they get inside the cradle, they find the body of oh god, Polaris. Oh god, Polaris like Polaris Mento, Havoc. That's a bunch of dead bodies in here. Oh, there's people in the water, too. Good Lord. Um, ooh, child. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of dead people in here. Um, and then we go to the beach with the five uh, cuckoos, and Quentin shows up, like, look, we need to talk. We, we, we need to talk, baby, please. Like, we need to talk, baby, please, baby, baby, baby please, baby, baby, please. We need to talk. And, sh- and her and the sisters are like, girl, we're good, like. We don't need your protection. We need to talk to you. He's trying to warn them that something is coming because, like, the cerebral device is loose on the island, and he's trying to warn them. But apparently, um, he's not being received. Um, I'm sorry, I skipped the data page. Um, it's about Colossus and a pet dog, and talk about how like how gentle he is, but how powerful he is. And um, yeah. I didn't get what that was for. Um, from there, we go back to the cradle, and Wolverine and Domino are under attack. 
The Cerebro unit is using mutant abilities to fight them. Domino's being captured, and he's like, we eat, build the Cerebro device, and he's like, well, we're X-Force, and we hack and slash. So Wolverine goes in, uh, tries to save Domino, save Domino, she drops to the ground. He's like, the, uh, the Cerebro device, like, Cerebro, X-Force, we will eat, we will build. And then he, the thing, I'm going to say he, I know they, I guess they're non-binary. Uh, ah, non-binary, binary machine. Okay, anyhow. Um, then the thing says, uh, Cerebro and X-Force, Cerebrokes, Cerebrex, Cerebrax, Cerebrax, we are. And Wolverine dies at Cerebrax to attack him. Ends up getting put on his ass by using some kind of, like, uh, he using Magneto's abilities. And using Magneto's abilities to, like, you know, stab Wolverine with his animantium. And now Domino is fighting him and trying to beat him up and shit. They, uh, hit him with a really bad blow. Cerebrax escapes and is trying to find somebody else to gobble with multiple gobbles more abilities. And he comes up behind Black Tom Cassidy and the issue ends. Thoughts, concerns, accusations, finer points. Gowns, beautiful gowns. I was just about to say. Um, great colors. And not even beautiful gowns all the time. I was disappointed because like I saw like a juggernaut looking character on the cover, so I thought I was getting juggernaut issues. Quentin Quire paying dress up. There was some point also that I didn't mention too that in the issue, somebody mentioned about like Quentin Quire abusing uh uh the five to build like all these random weird ass bodies and stuff to play with. Um, yeah, that's what I was mentioning because Quentin's doing some weird shit shit. Um, and it's not cool. Um, but I'm interested to see where the story goes, but I'm interested to see where the story goes. I'm curious. I love uh, um, Evil Cerebro. Yeah, it's like... Years ago. It's Evil Cerebro, but at the same time, it's a rehashing of Danger. And... (laughs) We know we all love Danger. She's our our favorite, favorite android. It's like we love Warlock. You know, I feel like those three together are an iconic trio. Um, I also don't like what the fake Omega, the Pretender is doing um i don't like he keeps flexing that he's an omega and yet we still don't know what his omega level ability is um who who are you talking about kid omega quentin choir oh no he's a uh, he's a omega te- te- he's in the list he's in the list as omega telepath that's a discrepancy because he can't be omega telepath along as gene is Yes, I you will can. For, I will they forever just are different types of telepaths, but they're both okay. Telepaths. So, so what is Quentin's Omega telepathic capability? He approaches I mean, things differently than Gene does, but he's also a telepath. It's like comparing Charles and Emma. Right, they have, like, our they, have, they have multiple reality warpers too, but their source of how they use their abilities or energy. Um, I Omega require level. that they say this. I require. I like. In, I psychologically. <laughs> I need nope. someone on the X staff to say, "Oh yeah, no, this is the difference." I want a data page <laughs> to explain this no, shit. On a data page, you Google it. It says why they are different types of energy absorbers or different type of reality warfare. I'm talking about for Quentin in particular. I oh. I will 110 percent believe his Omega level capability is his brain because he brings it up here. He's like, my brain moves faster than my body like i think faster than actually my body can keep up with um and that's the reason why he's like 
the husk thing on paper, I see exactly what's going on. His brain is an AI. He can think faster than any human. The issue is his body cannot keep up. So he's going to divide his consciousness across an army. And he's going to run it by himself using his brain. Because the number one thing I always knew about him, why he can't stand other people, is because they don't think as fast as him. It's like he has to slow down for everyone else. It's very much an uh, allegory to ADHD, where like people with ADHD tend to not have a lot of social skills because everything does not like the world doesn't move like it should is reason why I really appreciate Percy Jackson as a series. They do a lot of discussion about like, yeah, ADHD being a metaphor for like a warrior's mindset, which is your attention being motorized for you to be operating on a higher level. I get it. I'm excited. I hope they do something with it. I don't hate Kid Omega. He's actually, I enjoyed him back in Wolverine the X-Men. And I think that his story arc in Academy X was one of the most important things to happen in that arc um, next to a bunch of other shit. But I think that execution was important. Um, I just feel inherently that they need to say specifically what the Omega level thing about him is. Cause it's just a gaping hole of like, okay, so what is wow. he does he does? I'll believe he's Omega because his whole storyline was him being Omega. Just flesh it out for me. I'm a lore baby. You know I love lore. I like to have everything in his neat little box. If you tell us there's a neat little box. I was fine before we had a categorization for Omegas. I was a hundred attempts to okay with you just saying that's an Omega level mutant. I'll just go sure. <laughs> I did not care. I do not care. But for right now, just just give me just just give me this. I just want this. I just want it on paper. What is Kid Omega? Um, I will even forgive him doing this blatantly offensive thing of making clones of people's bodies specifically for him to pilot them because he has identity issues. Yeah, the, the client council will come down and involve us like abuse of power. Go. Oh, it's so fucked up. I know why he's doing it. He's making multiple bodies because it'll allow him to date the uh, the Steffords. If he has multiple versions of himself and he runs it literally just like them. Oh, give it up, delicious. It's gonna be so gross. <laughs> give it up, delicious. The cook the cuckoos are good. Give it up. Five, go back. No, they're go, not. Go I don't think this is what the separate cuckoos are doing is healthy. I don't. I think they're sacrificing the needs of their individual sisters for the needs of the family. And that's never okay. The family right. fucks your husband, sis. And he lead them crazy how he's alone. But that's a theme with the Frost Girls, and I'm including them as the Frost as part of the Frost Girls. Mm -hmm. Um because Emma did that uh, with her dad. With her dad. Adrienne did that but became a villain like a true tried and true is going to stay a villain, always going to be a villain. Villain. Same thing with Cordelia. Christian had to be on the receiving end of that. It's a theme. I hope in Immortal X-Men, the plot twist is that um, Celine set up a contingency and resurrects Adrian outside of the resurrection protocols. <laughs> Just to say, fuck you, Emma. Oh, it'll be so delicious. <laughs> Well, I mean, we're still waiting for Aspen Bloom, but uh, the girls like that Emma solo book, so they f forget a lot of it. Yeah, the girls don't like it, but I think Astrid Bloom is the number one thing because everyone refers to Astrid. It's like 
the main thing they say about the book is um, that is a, a it's a book of lies that uh, Emma Frost told everyone. <laughs> it's, it's her it's her celebrity memoir. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. I came from humble beginnings. Um, at the ripe old age of seventeen, I ran away to New York City and lived among the commoners. And you don't believe that? No one believes that, sis. No one believes you. Because where did you have time to learn how to build um, body swapping technology, Emma? Where did that happen? Do you steal that from Astrid Bloom? I do want them to have a dark cabal of Emma haters. And it's just Astrid Bloom, Adrian, fucking Sebastian, <laughs> and Celine Galileo. And what's the name of the villain who X23, X23's abuser, the girl with the cybernetic parts, the one that Emma Frost went to her head and raised her mom? I know you talk, but I don't know her name though. Yeah, I want them I all. This is this a, a group of fucking Emma haters just mobilizing together just to ruin her life. And, and Kingpin just for no fucking reason. Is this Kingpin for no fucking reason just there? It's an iconic little moment in my head. I just like thinking about it. Oh, don't let me get in charge of writing the comic book. But yeah, that's all I have to say. Like, I literally, I think the most the book can do is probably just remove Wolverine from it and just make this about Kid Omega trying to run the X-Force. Um, because I feel like it will be better if the CIA was like a um, just a, a group of bumbling idiots, kind of, or at least Sage running it. And they don't have like the badass moment of Wolverine coming in to save the day when really we, we can do without it. And let Deadpool play. No. No. Is that Absolutely a good segue? Not. Is that a good segue to the next comic? Or is that wrong because it's supposed to be me i lost mental track it's supposed to be you next friend <laughs> okay bad bitch okay let's go uh is that all we're gonna say about this yeah okay yeah. okay okay fuck you x-force um welcome to the quiet storm with Stephen underwood today we're going to be discussing acknowledging and dissecting the new mutants starring our diva the excellent the yellow demon herself no, she's not the yellow demon. She's the white demon. That's what they call her, the white demon herself, Ileana Rasputin, which um, has been, she has been in a lot of timelines recently because people don't believe that she's dumb enough to spell her name with a K instead of a C, forgetting that she is English second language and learned English when she was six years old. And that is the last time she walked into a school. Leave my sis alone. English is a dumb language and words don't have to be spelled one way. So we open with Ileana's abusers, Sim and Belasco, conspiring to do horrible shit to my girl and not leaving her alone and going to get a job at the grown men they are. Um, They are mixing together potions and they're creating magic circles, two components of the ecocentric magic. Um, I'm noticing it. I'm calling it out because they are reading shit and they are Ayala Ida Ayala is doing a good job of acknowledging the Marvel Tarot. Um, in this, they use a ritual to form a weapon out of flesh, specifically a blunt instrument uh, made out of Sim's body, conspired from his hatred and pain. Uh, and they talk about how that with magic and with all things, nothing comes into existence without at least some blood and pain. Um, then we get a flashback from a little story that Ileana used to read about a little goblin who ran away from a, a mad demon and needed help. And then we flash forward a bit more from the story to watch Ileana train with her so-called friends 
um, Mirage and fucking Wolfsbane. Uh, they're sitting there questioning her every single move and her own rationality and the decisions she's making, like really bad friends. Um, to which they say, it's not you we distrust, we just don't trust her. But that's inherently flawed because she's the one making the decision, not her, and she's not being manipulated. Um, Madeline pulls up on Ileana, and they have a really good girl moment of like, hey, witch, hey, witch, thank you for the towel. When leap in, she says, I don't throw hands, I throw spells. Um, and it's a really bad girl moment. It's really hot. Um, and then we get another flash forward to the book talking about how uh, the little goblin called on help from her friends and the goblin witch herself. Um, there's also some hints to a book I did not know had Madeline Pryor in it. Madeline Pryor has apparently appeared in a Spider-Man book where she and Benjamin Riley, the uh, clone of Spider-Man, mobilized together if Showtime wants to chime in and read that. Did you read that? Um, the book hasn't come out yet. They it just was announced. Uh, it's going to be called Dark Web. It's a, a an event, I guess. Book. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Um, I guess in a couple months. Yeah, but basically the clones are coming together and saying clone rights, which I agree. Um, go ahead, go off, Queen. Uh, do what you got to do. Get that child support. Um. So they go forward and they travel into limbo as one team with Mirage and um, and Wolfsbane watching out for Ileana, uh, but making sure that they know that this is her decision and that she wants to be respected for it. They get there and they see a demon literally stealing hair from her brush. Since I don't know why you're doing your hair in the demon world. They do dark magic. That's like rule number one is always burn your hair. Like literally that's a, every magic practitioner will tell you, yeah, I burn my hair anytime I have it. Like, I brush, like, I don't leave it out just for this one reason. Um, but she says, fuck it, it doesn't matter. Demon's going to do chaotic things. It's in their nature to spread harm. And it is revealed that that's one of the reasons why she doesn't want to come back to Limbo. They go into the Magical Library, which is a collection of all magic. And it's the purpose of it that Belasco is collecting every secret on magic that he can. Not just evil things and nefarious magic, but even the benign stuff. Um... In this library, she talks about her past and, like, her experiences here and how the library was a refuge for her um, and kind of immediately dispels this notion that magic is stupid, which I'm really happy for, because she's not. She's just not as formal with the language that people use. I'm going to get to a tidbit about this later on, but this is an important bit of literacy for people to understand about language and the English language in particular. Um, she and Magic come together and they start doing the components for the ritual uh, bound with a spell of blood so that Madeline cannot ever violate it and never can mobilize Limbo against Krakoa because they know better than to just trust Madeline with just any old thing. Um, The agreement is that she will never go against Krakoa and she will be able to do whatever she wants other than that um, within the bounds of Limbo. Um, they get ready to do the ritual, they get ready to do the spell, and just before they can trigger it, Mirage stupid, stupidly starts raising her concerns and going, don't give it to her, she's undeserving, and Leliana's like, literally, this is the place I was abused in, like, literally, the walking, talking metaphor for being sex trafficked, um, this is, like, my nightmare, I don't want to be attached to this, I want to heal and not be in charge of it, it doesn't matter about power to me, I just want to move on. I applauded that moment as soon as it happened in the comic book. It was brilliant. Uh, and then Mirage starts getting holier than now at Madeline. And Madeline 
made some points. She brought up exactly the shit that she went through. She brought up the hypocrisy of the council to say that she is unworthy of leadership, but they have Nathaniel Essex on the council, a Nazi and the man who literally ruined her life. Showtime leaned forward. He's not a Nazi anymore. He is just a Nazi in his past, in his genetic history. He is genetically a Nazi. So the genetic Nazi on the team who's actively, everyone knows, is conspiring against them in one way or another, and suddenly she's unworthy of leadership when she lost control. They bring up the fact that she tried to murder her baby. She reflects the fact that I was in a good space and that everyone in this room has literally done something by proxy of losing control at least once. Um, Wolfsbane especially should be more sympathetic to what she went through because Wolfsbane literally had a whole storyline about the shit that she went through. And Wolfsbane also tried to groom it, also didn't try. She groomed the kid. Um, so that happens. And in the middle of them fighting, the demons rush them and attack. Uh, and Sim brandishes his club. The battle goes down. They're throwing hands. They're covering each other's flanks. Uh, Mirage showing of her bows and arrows that now have physical tangibility to them. And uh, Madeline is ripping people's heads off with telekinesis. The battle continues. Sim and Ileana square up. Ileana swings her sword at him, and she blocks with the club, and it shatters her soul sword. And therefore, if people don't know, her soul sword is her connection to all of Limbo. By shattering the sword, she loses control of Limbo, and now Limbo can do whatever it wants. Um, she ricochets back, basically tries to run away and tries to escape Limbo and finds that she can no longer connect to the world outside of Limbo. She can only transport around it and that they are trapped when they should be mobilizing uh, Krakoa in preparation for Limbo invading them, to which they cannot. Um, and we get a flashback to Ileana's childhood and her recollecting her trauma about like losing Kitty and watching her turn into a monster, her best friend become a monster who takes glee in harming her, and how she remembers Storm, her version of Storm, that mothered her and taught her everything that's good, and how she was ravaged and killed by Belasco, and how Belasco lives to remove every little spark of joy that she has. And the only thing she really has left is the one little cubby where she can hide her storybooks and her childish things and her joy, and how... The only thing that gave her hope was a book about the future, it seemed. And it was written almost just to gratify her, just to find out that the book was being written by an actual little demon. And then the comic ends. Unfortunate, sad responses, um, condescensions, and hate. Anything? I'm here for um, magic being explored, magic with a C. Um, being explored outside of Excalibur in addition uh, to the Excalibur or now Knights of X um, story. I really am interested to see how this sort of follow-up to the original Inferno uh, pans out. I like that uh, Vita is having this discussion with Magic about how her ties to Limbo is really sort of uh, a part of her trauma. Um, so I I'm interested to see how mm -hmm. this eventually pans out. Yeah, I like the fact that they also addressed um, Ileana's, um, Ileana's trauma in um, Limbo because uh, 
people forget that um, it was only like a short amount of time in our world where she had been transported to limbo, but it was like fucking oh, a lifetime in that dimension for her. So Lord knows like what she's gone through and they've even theorized that she's been put through some type of uh, sexual abuse in a way. So um, I'm kind of glad that they're like revisiting her trauma and then I feel like Madeline will be an excellent substitute for that for Limbo. So I'm interested to see how this is going to pan out. And the Soul Series. Um, <clears throat> I don't really care for New Mutants anymore. That's like my X-Force. Like, after the whole, like, mm-hmm. Moth Group situation and that whole, like, they, they, I will say they ended it very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big Goblin Queen fan either, so it's like, you know, all I see is, 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 is Great Value Gene who, who, who abandoned their child and tried to sell their baby for drugs. Damn. That's all I see. All I see. All I see is Halle Berry losing Isaiah. When I look at uh, I was feeling. I was gonna say Halle Hart. Hey, hey, Wanda. That's the other Wanda. <laughs> Madeline is, is more interesting. Halle, I caught the bike. You only want to have. I don't know. I so, so I, like you know like. You know, like randomly, there was a second ending. Like that's not the real ending of the movie that happened in the movie. I saw that the the, uh, the, play the TikTok. I saw that they talked about the it, play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the real ending that it was really fucked up. So basically, the real ending was that the car didn't hit Wanda; it hit Holiday and killed Holiday. And then the daughter Nikki goes into prostitution. So I guess uh, Robert Townsend didn't want them to have a really dark, dark ending. That's why they killed Wanda. Instead of killing Holiday, but it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be a cycle of pathology of a Yala Van Zant uh, abuse. Hmm. Very dark. Pretty how I digress. Uh, Madeline. Is I feel like that. Like, that's not a digression. I feel like that really applies to what happens to Ileana. Like, like, like Madeline's a slut. Like Madeline <laughs> is Madeline's a deadbeat mother who is, is plays with goblins and fucking and fucking leprechauns and shit. Then she has the nerve to get pregnant by Scott Summers, who who like you 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 toxic and dumb for dating a nigga who like like a typical type of woman. So like you know you know you the rebound. You never gonna be number one. As soon as she came back, you got played right into your feelings. And then you have the unmitigated goal to now fuck your child's uncle. You filthy Maury Povich slut. Fuck Madeline. Madeline <laughs> why are you so? Friend. Why are and you like she's this? She's more interesting than Jean. I mean, we'll get Jennifer there. Fuck you. We'll get there. I hate like, the amount of like, energy Madeline I just have for Jean Grey. <laughs> Madeline is is basically cousin Faith. Uh, Jean is very t- much Terry. Fuck the family. It's just like it just you know you just how you how you how you gonna run through the family though like like ho- close your legs to married man. Close your legs. You to know who would actually work out pretty well as sad part is her and Vulcan. I feel like that's yeah they, they're both dumb and toxic. Yes, they're the toxic members. Yeah, Madeline is a toxic member of the Gray family. I would argue that Jean's parents are actually the. the yeah, they toxic are bad. Members. Talk about bad parents. Those are horrific. Jean didn't stand a chance. Her, her daddy name is. I, bet, I, I don't know. 
I think Mama Cookie smell like smell like uh smell like burnt hash and um and rice aroni. We are here to discuss Ileana Rasputin. All right, the doll, the Russian doll herself. Well, how the fuck you break your sword after all these years? You've been talking about. No, they touched on that. If you read Strange Academy, you'll touch on it because they found out there are multiple vulnerabilities to the sword. I did read Strange Academy, but I was like, I'm just like really shocked that like now you want to break your sword. Now y'all try to make this. Y'all try to push the, the plot ahead. This is dumb. No, they <laughs> did. I will say it has always been established that she uses the soul sword as a crutch. Uh, and like even that's why she never really mastered a lot of sorcery outside of what she could do in limbo is because the sword became her crutch. He was a battle mage. I don't need Thor Ragnarok in X-Men form. I'm good. I feel like it's a good continuation of what they established with Amal. And I feel like it was useful to explore like literally everything Amal was saying applied to her. It was like looking in a mirror, sort of. Because she had a stint where she was a villain. Like, she was not a good person after she came back from Limbo. And she was even worse for what she did to Pixie. Like, Pixie didn't deserve that. Pixie had her soul ravaged because Ileana was doing cyclical abuse. It was cyclical harm. What happened to her, she then turned around and did to someone else. And then, the like, mo- she never the really... Story, the moral story is that white people are dangerous and listen to indigenous people. Mm. Listen, Mirage mm-hmm. wasn't right about this. Mirage was not right about this, though. She was not right. She, Ileana had every reason to look for a person who was capable of running Limbo, who had the same circumstance. And she was right also in the fact that, like, she got abstained. But she was resurrected. She was added to the protocols. She, you can't hold her to the same standard. And I would trust Madeline way more than I would trust um, Nathaniel Essex. Why could Dr. Voodoo take over Limbo, huh? Don't ever, but my don't ever why, do that why, to my king. Why, why, couldn't, why couldn't Pixie take over Limbo? Send Pixie then. Send the send the elf fairy bitch. Send her, <laughs> please. See what happens. The girl who can only master two spells. I mean, it's better than that lady walking around in that in that in that black ripped up dress. And first of all, that dress is iconic. Children. Don't talk it about is. the dress. It's iconic. The the boob. Window underneath that is an iconic look. You know it. You know if you had that look, you would wear it for every Halloween. I'm a. It's a bottoms look. That's a bottoms look. I've been been wearing lace back when Celine was a blonde. Okay, I've been wearing lace longer than her. Okay, I've been wearing lace panties and walk around in corsets long before. Speaking of panties and corsets, I hope there's a fall some east this year. Kind of like to walk out with my ass out this year and get fingered in public. Oh. I'm just gonna say, <laughs> I'm just gonna say. Let me know when you're doing that, um, so that I can, you know, somewhere be around. Because like, I ended up going one year, and like I ended up meeting all the brother, the the Onyx Brotherhood, and I will say one thing about like fetish leather people, they are really much more to consent than I think people will believe mm-hmm. them to be, and no one really violated my consent or personal space. There were some big old penises out there. I wanted to suck this dude off so bad. But they only have porta potties. You know, I am not fucking in a porta potty like the girls do on, uh, on Twitter. I, I respect. As myself. soon as we started discussing about sex, I looked down at the group at the uh, at the Twitter and see we got followed by another porn account. Anaconda's Yay. Jacks is a traditional jack off club. I love that for them. Um, yeah, you said yay. Me also, but like, I don't understand why. What baiting? No, we get that. We get that. No, I get that. It's the oh. why the the page followed me. It's very confusing. 
Is that I your favorite content? I've been through your likes. They might have heard of us talking about your dick. Uh, They're mm. fans of you, Showtime, and they joined us by proxy. Good. <laughs> I love that for you. I only want good things for you. Um, so within this comic, I'm gonna say fuck Henry's opinion. Uh wow. I love it. I stand by it. I stand by Ileana finally getting that story that investigates her harm there. Cause she went through some shit. And also we get to think about Storm the Witch. White Witch Storm. We get her back. I'm trying to think who else would have took over limbo besides her. No one. Lockheed could have did it. <laughs> Shogo. You're gonna say Shogo Aside, like Lockheed's more capable, I think, than people realize as a character. I think somebody was kind of seen him as a, as a pet of Killy, Kitty Pride. He's a whole, he's talking from a whole sentient race of like flying dragons that shoot fire. I'm gonna just say Amanda Sefton took over and she was like, I'm gonna be the good witch of Limbo. And then she got her ass tossed out the first what year? Ooh. She did not last. I remember Margaret Sardos from uh, Excalibur years ago. She was um, Amanda Sefton's mother and she was like a demoness. She was a bad bitch. She was yeah, a she bad was bitch. Now, now she, and she wasn't so like really evil, evil. Like, 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 like Madeline, in all fairness, is a woman of inconvenience. She's been like, you know, she she like that summons me if like, you know, your name is Pam. P-A-M. Pam I am. She just hates She just hates her baby daddy's wife. She just don't like the baby daddy's current girl. That's all that's going on with her. She don't fuck with that. Your name Pam. That she was like Scott Summers turned her into Pam. The, your your name is Glenda, but he called you Pam. That's right. That's what it is. Your name Pam, bitch. Vontae? Vontae, where are we looking at? <laughs> <laughs> this is enjoyable. I think we're muted. I don't think Vontae can see us look at his thigh meat. It's like he's trying to hide it. He's trying to oh, oh he's on the phone. <laughs> we have to adjust the camera. <laughs> what, is, what is going on? <laughs> Legs and hips and body, body, body. Talking about Madeline Pryor. Oh my God, Monte. Is that your new ex uniform? I love it. I'm trying to get some. But no, I enjoyed it. I will say, if anyone can break that sword, it would be Belasco. Belasco literally whole lifetime was studying that sword. It made sense. You know, a sword forged from a soul being destroyed by a weapon forged from the body of the person she hates the most. This dude used to torment her for no fucking reason, just because he could. Like, I don't know. I think it's important for her to lose that sword for us to really investigate all the shit that she was before she had it. Like, I think this is also the time for them to bring back her soul because the sword broke. Doesn't that turn her soul back to her? Um, it also would free Sapna, who's been trapped in the soul, the soul sword. Um, Get Sapna back. I've, I've been really, well, that's from the IVX era also. So, you know, they might have just said, fuck it, we're not doing it. I um, want my daughter back. But I've really appreciated that Vita Ayala has, in their run on New Mutants so far, any and every mutant that had, like, some sort of baggage attached to their character, they've gone through and been like, nope, gonna remove yours, gonna remove yours, gonna remove yours, to, like, 
truly reset the mutants back to like a base level of you can now do anything with them as long as you allow them to have been refreshed in that way. Thank her and X-23 can have a lot of conversations that would be really fruitful. Um, because X-23, like you read that, what she went through and what they did to Kitty and what Kitty was acting to her, all of it is what X-23 went through except with magic. And like, I don't know. The thing I want to talk about language is that people don't really understand that before there were dictionaries, uh, there was no one way to spell a word. Like dictionaries is what codified the idea that language had one basis. She learned how to read and write in the world before that. Basically, the entirety of that library would not have done anything like that because it's all ancient magic. It's all basically not proto-European, but it's like uh, mid-1500s to put the technology there cuts off and i think the first dictionary i don't know off the top of my head but it's post that and they only did it literally so that the nobility can hold up language above the merchant and the commoner class once they started learning how to read and they can go we can tell you're a commoner because you don't know how to spell the right way literally that's what happened so fuck you she spells it with a k Any other ideas? Any other concerns? Any other discussing points? No. Okay, Vate, baby. It's no, time. It's my, no, it's my turn again. You get another turn? Oh my god, Henry, you're so popular. We're, we were bookending. I know. And Vante's least... going to close out the book because Vante, you know, needs to go hop on some Poonanity, some boy box. Go ahead, Henry. Take it away. Okay. All right. So here we are. Wolverine number 21. Uh, It is Wade Wilson and Wolverine on the run. They're getting shot and fired at. Uh, Wade has some suitcase attached and handcuffed to his arm. Wolverine's like, bitch, if you don't give me this fucking suitcase and get the fuck about it, get the shit figured out what the fuck is going on. And basically, Wade just shoots him in the face and like, girl, calm down. I got a plan. I got some shit I'm trying to figure out. Wade proceeds to fuck up the information page of the book because this is Wade. So we flash back to the recent past in Vegas, and Wade is on the way to see Will Will. I'm sorry, Weasel, to get some tech and some weaponry. And he runs into uh, uh, Maverick and tells him like, you know, I'm on a little mutant mission. I got some shit I need to figure out, you know. But I can't tell you the details, you know, because bitch, I don't know you like that. And then he runs into Weasel, who he, of course, at some point, double crossed back in Spider-Man, Deadpool, and he's like, girl, I'll kill you right now, but I'm going to help you out because you, you used to be my friend, but I really don't fuck with you like that. So all these devices and shit, they use some holograms. So, so they go back to Wolverine and Deadpool being chased, and Wolverine, I'm sorry, Deadpool basically has this really great holographic device and tricks them and gets away. So he's like, girl, you need to give me an explanation about what's going on, but then above their head, it's danger in a faux blackbird from Big Lots, and she drops out a whole bunch of robotic Wolverines. Danger is trying to, I guess, catalog, keep up information. I don't know what the fuck she's doing. And Deadpool and, and uh, Wolverine are fighting these robot Wolverines. So he's like, you know what? Let's flashback, tell you what the fuck really happened. This is what's going on. I got here this X amount of time. And... I got here just enough time, but then I'm getting shot and beat up and all this other stuff, and I'm fighting my way through these motherfuckers. And, you know, we're trying to do the goddamn thing and, and get things organized. And said, like, well, why is this woman flying around this knockoff Blackbird? I have a question. Wolverine's like, I'm really confused. As he starts slicing through all the Wolverines, 
and keeps playing uh, Deadpool. This is not an audition. So eventually, the the uh, the Blackbird lands. Um, Danger comes out. Um, Wade gets chicken shit and is like, no, 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 it's not about to go down. It's not going to work. So the, the the teleportation device that was given to him by Weasel, Trump, they accidentally teleported niggas into his tie some fucking cage outside the cage. Maverick and Weasel are waiting, and the cage is made of antimantium, so like Wolverine can't slice it to even get out. They can't reuse the device, and inside of this case is a cerebro danger unit, and the issue ends. I got through that very quickly. You're welcome. Uh, questions, concerns, accusations. Uh, what's your point of view? Don't be proud. Nothing happened in the book. <laughs> Nothing happened. Nothing happened. (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I will be continuing to read this book actively. They milked Um, y'all. Just let me know. They milked Danger for everything she was worth because Danger was what, like, oh, maybe something's gonna happen. You know, our sister's back, and then we get to the next book. She ain't fucking in it. Did she even have lines in this book? No, she hasn't said one word. She's just been like, I think why I imagine why she's there is that they're using her so that they can run a simulation, maybe because Danger's whole thing is that she knew the personality profiles of all the X Men because she literally cultivated their combat strategies, like everything they do. So, like, of course, Danger is the number one person to throw at an X Men is because she's like a sentinel with pre saves on every single mutant in the X Men. Whether or not we'll get that is another story. I don't know. Well, it makes it makes gowns, beautiful gowns. It makes it makes sense that Orcus is going after all the robotic things involving the X Men because that is kind of like their 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 way into like really killing mutants. However, I think that like why didn't you guys secure all these things? Build a Krakoa, being aware of a mutant man machine war was going to happen and you guys is like you did not you're not gonna soap your loose ends because like i give i give them i give them i give them grace on omega sitting only because omega sitting was is not evil she has been her her future self downloaded her into her old body where she has sentience and the, and the future version of herself is controlling her controlling her body she's in there somewhere but with danger this is a different situation y'all should have sold that hussy up a long time ago Danger is a member of the X-Men. I stand by yeah, her. I don't, know, I, don't know how, I don't know how she's just like out here roaming free with uh with no beeswax on her locks and talking shit and try and making like robotic wolverines and robot robotic X-Men. Like who who is responsible? I feel like they lost track of her around the age of like the second iteration of X Factor, but it was like a part of a company or some shit. Oh, um, Quicksilver. Yeah, and they had the uh, ugly costume, that ugly yellow and blue costume. Yeah, that was disgusting, honestly. But she was around after that. They I don't remember her. her. They lost track of her at Age of X Men, the era that we also don't talk about. Um, but right before, while that was ongoing, she was their Blackbird. She literally was transformed into their Blackbird and carried them around. And then Age of X Men happened, and then. The soft reboot of House of X, Powers of Ten, um, made her disappear. Mm. 
Danger always deserved better as a character, I felt like, especially because she was badass during like the Avengers vs. X-Men, where she ran the prison. She was like, I'm literally just running you through like escape protocols so I can understand how you guys will attempt to escape when you, the time eventually comes. And I was gonna keep getting like, you guys get like within inches of freedom, and I'm gonna reboot the program every single time. Have fun. That was like some shit. I was like, this is a little. A little mystique-like. Like, Danger's main thing I always love about her is that she gives effortless mystique energy. Um, Bro, I think Danger's a great character, but I don't know how she's just been, like, this 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 loose end that's been roaming around the world in a full Blackbird. Like, how is this happening? I don't know. I feel like maybe they just didn't go looking for her. Um, what was the assumption is the big question, because that's a big hole to let your danger room go roaming free when she has all the information to destroy all of you. It is a big loophole. And, it, and right. it's Shi'ar tech. And you know that right. the Shi'ar, while they're supposed to fuck with y'all, have lately been like, mm, we don't know, girl. Right. That's a very dangerous thing. Deadpool, there's no reason why y'all did not like ask him to assist in a bit. Deadpool has literally gone to the trenches with the X-Men. Like in terms of no one likes him. No one no likes one. him, but he's a powerful ally. He's among the most let's powerful ask Cable allies. That question. Let's ask Cable that question. Let's ask Cable. Why the fuck isn't your 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 boyfriend helping? Cable and Wolverine, both the two of them are both like Wade's best buddies. Yeah, I don't. I feel I don't like, like his arch enemy should be so limb. I feel like they should. Mm-hmm. That'd be great entertainment. The Deadpool comic, Deadpool versus Solem. Uh <laughs> just That's fighting for the heart of, of Wolverine. Energy, friends. It's just them fighting for the love of Wolverine, and Wolverine's like, I won't date either of you. <laughs> and then they just go, it doesn't matter. Uh it really doesn't matter. <laughs> There's a lot of pansexual energy between uh Solem and, and Deadpool. They'll fuck a few times. I feel like in the midst of the comic, they'll be hate-fucking each other a lot. And Deadpool will absolutely paint because he doesn't believe in cleaning out. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's nasty. I don't know. Uh, Deadpool was never... I'm not ever really excited about it, but I do think that they need to address, like, why the fuck won't you let him join? I feel like that's an important question. Like, Wolverine... Because he's not a mutant. There's lots of mutants. He has an artificial X gene, right? Like, isn't that what they no. they established him? He was given pa- uh, Wolverine's powers and somebody else's power, uh, but he doesn't have an X gene. He's a mutate. He was given powers from somebody rather than. Well, well, well so was Sinister though. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm surprised they haven't given him access to. Krakow. No, he has. Like, Sinister has an artificial X gene. I'm not sure how Deadpool's power not went. An X gene. I'm opening the wiki now because I don't know. Like, I never really cared that much about Deadpool to understand, like, did what's the technicality of his X-Gene they, or his mutant they, um, artificially grabbed, gave him, like, the U-Men, they grafted Wolverine's uh, healing factor to him. He doesn't actually have a uh, X-Gene. I feel like that would be a good side story, just him trying to get Sinister to give him an X-Gene. Yeah, he, he just doesn't. Give his back instead. 
I feel like those technicalities are just so fucking stupid, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, so Mimic is. wasn't an, uh, wasn't a mutant until uh, the Krakoan era, so you know. I feel like that's the technicality they used to invalidate Frederick, uh, Franklin Richards, but Franklin Richards gave him something extra. It wasn't even like a big bad technicality. But let's never think about that retcon ever again. That dumb, stupid retcon. Um, or the retcon that the Maximovs are not mutants either. Well, we overturned one. We got the mutant we wanted back. I repeat, we got the one we wanted back, back. Quicksilver, um, baby, you were never invited. We didn't want you. Neither one of them are mutants, friend. I thought like it was up to up to interpretation if Wanda was resurrected with an X gene. Um, all right, um, I. I continue to protest um, because the Great Pretender is still the Great Pretender. Fuck She's her. not the Great Pretender. She's the Decimator. I don't care. She's the Decimator. I feel like that name can never go away. She's the Great Redeemer. She's the you Decimator. Look, look if, if Exodus is forgiven her, I've forgiven her. Has Exodus forgiven her? I feel like he just went, this is politics as usual. And then, no, and then he said, we won't he bully changed, the bitch. He included her in a story like, you know, she's no longer the great pretender. She is now our great redeemer. All hell, the crazy white woman. Fuck her. Listen, Decimator, you have literally excellent gowns. Your gowns are actually so beautiful. Next comic. Vontae, you're up. <laughs> All right. So X-Men Red number two, the most anticipated comic of this entire show. We saved this for last. So we start this issue off with um, the Summer's House um, some time ago. And we have these um, three um, alien beings talking about... Um, uh, how twisted of a host and how much true power Vulcan has and they said they were going to release him into the world um, uh, let me see uh, so we get to um, laying on the table laying on this um, laying on this table and we see um Petra and Sway, um, they're asking him about um, if he wants margaritas and all of this stuff. And they bring up um, the waiting room, which, um, excuse me, Cyclops and um, Charles Xavier bring up the waiting room, which is the mutant afterlife that um, the Scarlet Witch had made. Um, uh, and basically, uh, Charles kind of spills the beads on uh, Petra, Petra and Sway not being real. And Vulcan is not taking that so well. So um, we get to a data page, um, basically explaining how um, Charles um, forwarding this um, message to the uh, council members about um, Gabriel's uh, mental state. Um, it's becoming real concerning, and the most um, obvious symptom was the presence of Petra Sway in the summer's house because both of them are dead. And um, it's an impressive feat to uh, to to Charles, but um, 
obviously it's um, becoming an issue and he becomes um, violently angry, violently angry um, at times. And um, basically they're hoping that with Charles's influence that they can break him out of this um, episode that he's going through. Um, so Vulcan is freaking out. He's basically saying that uh, Sway, um, uh, Petra is Sway on wheel, and he's talking to these energy constructs, and um, basically they're like, you tell us if we're real, you have a margarita and all this shit. So we get, um, let me see, uh, Vulcan basically says, uh, Charles, actually offers to go reach into his mind and help him see the truth. And then Vulcan basically says that he can decide his own truth and says that he's an emperor and tells Charles to get out of his head. And then the next thing you know, he lets off this giant energy beam that destroys the summer's house. Um, we get to um, the keep and him and um, Vulcan and um, Abigail Brand are having some sort of dialogue. Um, she's basically telling him that um, they have mutual interest and that he's currently not welcome um, at the Summer's house. He doesn't want to deal with Kokoa. And then here on Mars, you know, he's um, stirred up trouble and um, um, having issues with the diplomatic zone. So um, she offers him, basically offers him a spot on X-Men Red. And the team consists consists of Metallo, Frenzy, Random, and Manifold. And uh, Cable is the field leader. And um, a couple of them have issues with being on the team. Frenzy, she's not, um, she's not feeling it because, you know, she's being pulled from diplomatic work. And then um, you have um, Manifold that's basically kind of like, you know, Arako's got its own culture and its own government, so um, they can handle shit on their own because it's their planet. And then Abigail Brand is like, well, this is part um, well, they're part of, I guess, the um, the soul system, so it's part, it's, you know, it makes it our business. So, um, Manifold's basically backing out of the deal. He doesn't want to be a part of the crew. Um, he also brings up um, what happened with Henry Guybrick. And Abigail Brand is still stuck on this thing where she's saying that Guybrick has jumped out of an airlock. But um, uh, Manifold's saying, I could save him, but... She's saying you could barely move and all of this stuff because of the incident that happened in the store where he basically um, uh, saved the, the space station or whatever. But um, basically, he's on to her and knows that um, she's full of shit. So, um, Manifold leaves, and then where are we at? Um... She basically says, hypothetically, you know, if even if I did kill this motherfucker, like, would this be an issue for anybody? And nobody says anything. And then um, she gets uh, basically noticed that there's some trouble on this place called the um, Marylands, which is a place where all the artists and poets of, I guess, Krakoa, excuse me, Araco, kind of live and 
um, they still know, um, still remember the prisons or whatever. So they are being invaded by the progenitors. Um, even though they some, even though they're poets or whatever, they're basically telling them get the hell off our, you know, get the hell off our planet. We don't have to deal with you, you know, all this shit. Um, cable body slides. Um, all of the X Men Red members onto this planet. Um, Abigail Brand kind of gives them the rundown of who the progenitors are, which they're like um, these world mind level civilization, uh, world mind unethical uh, space scientists with computer brains, and basically look at um, uh, worlds and stuff as petri dishes. To sum it up. Um, so Cable jumps into action and he goes for one that's called, uh, I guess the harvest harvester class and they're a high level telekinetic. Um, so the, uh, this, uh, harvester class thing or whatever it's called, um, it, I don't know if it's a tongue or what it is, but it has something come out of his mouth. And basically, it harvests the um, it harvests the um, techno organic um, arm of cables and basically uploads it into swallows it and uploads um, the information. Um, so it kind of throws off um, cables telekinesis and everything like that, but it leaves him with power to kind of take out that um, that that. I guess that being. Then the other being, uh, the other um, the other progenitor decides that it's going to shoot a beam from one of its four lenses and vaporizes cake. Um, oh, excuse me, frenzy is saying cables down. Um, then we have another um, another character named. Boris um, lightsaber, and she throws like this energy box, and she gets vaporized next. Um, Abigail Brand tells Vulcan to kind of initiate like some sort of civilian rescue protocol, and um, Frenzy's like, "I think that's a bad idea because they're going to, you know, they're not going to look at that as." you know, they're not going to take that well. So, um, basically, Vulcan flies over, tries to evacuate. Um, those Iraqis aren't playing about it. They're not fucking with it. They're like, get out of our face. We don't need you. All of this shit. Um, I'm your, and then Vulcan starts talking all this shit. Talking about, I'm your emperor. And, um, Next thing you know, it's a snowstorm, it's a blizzard. We all know what that means. And then um Vulcan is frozen and Storm comes into Storm comes into battle and introduces the Brotherhood of Araco. And basically Storm says, We have heard the challenge and we consider it a challenge to all. And everybody's entire mood had changed. So everybody's like, oh, yeah, Aurora, was she in here? You know, she answered the call. Aurora tamed, who tamed the circle, all this shit. So, um, the Brotherhood of Morocco leap into action. 
um, Magneto tries to take on this other uh, progenitor, but um, it's fighting his uh, magnetic abilities or whatever. So um, he's saying that he needs um, some sort of distraction. So the Fisher, uh, the Fisher King kind of calls on everybody to kind of use their creative talents to sort of distract the progenitor. So they start creating um, all types of shapes and uh, pegasus and phoenixes and boxes and shapes and music signs to kind of like distract it. So then Magneto has his opening, snaps his fingers, and then pops his head, pops the head of um, the progenitor off of his body. And then everybody is um, saying, hail, um, hail the brotherhood, all of this. So, um, uh, Vulcan, he snaps out, and then, which is the highlight of the entire book, he snaps out, uh, kind of, like, blasts the ice off of him, that storm created around him. He starts talking all of this shit about, I am the Emperor, an X-Man, the son of Summer, I am Vulcan, the son of, uh, the son of Mars, and then he rolls up on Storm. And she catches it by his neck. And she's like, bitch, I'm the mother. She says, you manipulate energy, but so am I. You want to make your love a mutant, nigga, so am I too. So she was like, you know, basically, you know, this is a battle of the wills. And my will is stronger, basically. So she was like, you're, um, you consider yourself a flame dancing in the wind. Inside me is the hurricane. And she basically... I guess, overloads him with her power and knocks his ass out. And she's like, no more thrones on a rock, oh, bitch, run tail down. So we, 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 definitely have to, we definitely have to stand that because I love the fact that they addressed, they, they remembered that Storm is an energy manipulator. And, and like, I love that they, I love that they addressed that and that they... Because Baldwin was talking too much shit for me. Way too much shit. <laughs> so we get to this data page, and this bitch Abigail with the Nissan Ultimate hair, Nissan Ultima haircut done basically um, orchestrate. She basically orchestrated this whole thing with um, the progenitors and used that as an opportunity to kind of collect, um, I guess, cables, um, techno organic viral roads so she can I guess so they can study that and um she talks about orcas being big thinkers but um in some ways but they're frustrating in others and um she talks about um being a pet Judas and um excuse me she's also talking about she brings up Karima um and then she also talks about Storm kind of being like unpredictable. She's more invested in the um more invested in her role on Araco than she had actually anticipated. But little did she know Storm is born for this shit. So Storm done led, I mean Storm's been Queen of Wakanda, she's been Queen of the Morlocks, she's like multiple X-Men teams. So I don't know why you would even think about even underestimating her in any way, shape, or form. But she has this plan of putting her own person on the um, on the Great Ring of Morocco. So we get towards 
the end of the book back on the um back on the keep and it's abigail brand and um Vulcan and some other mutant i guess that's um healing him and um uh Vulcan um She's basically apologizing. She was saying she wasn't using um, Vulcan to his full potential and that um, basically Storm only thought, like, dealt with the surface of his abilities. But um, Storm is also, but she also mentions that Storm was trained to, with her abilities to the highest level. So um, I guess that's how she was able to deal with Vulcan as easily as she did. But um, she basically mentions that she needs a man on the inside of the great ring, and then she hands, um, I guess she hands him a tablet or some shit, and she basically says that she needs, that you need to get rid of Araka's boogeyman, and we get to the end of the page, and she is referring to, um, Tarn the Uncut, I mean, oh, shit, <laughs> Tarn the Uncaring, and then um, Vulcan is saying, uh, Vulcan says, no, he's torn the dead and melts the, um, melts the um, uh, tablet. And that's how we end the book. So this bitch Abigail is definitely trying it with um, Storm and Araco as a whole. And she definitely has plans to get um, torn off of the great um the great ring and put Vulcan in. So it's gonna be interesting seeing how they play that out. So thoughts, concerns, accusations. I love you're welcome you're welcome to Tarney Uncut. You're welcome. I love oh, the passion. <laughs> knows what he's doing when he's writing Storm. Love that. Um, also, there is no fucking way that Vulcan is ever going to have the ability to beat Tarn. Tarn is immediately going to turn off his powers because he's a coward. I don't think, and then what is yeah, Vulcan going to do? Vulcan's going to be it. Be a brat? I would take it. I would definitely take it as an insult because, bro, you're not even in the right state of mind. I don't see this challenge as an insult. So why am I going to sit here and be threatened by you and you have dementia? Dead mutants. 
What I really love about the retcon, though, is it makes um, Xavier seem even worse at his job as a psychologist. Because it's like you, you, you. That was your triage. That was your diagnosis. It's like, oh, we're just gonna, we're just gonna feed into it. Yeah, I was like, the dangerously, and then like you're just gonna choose not to, and you're just gonna rip the bandaid off, even though you just said that he's immensely dangerous and unstable, and you were to tamper with his sense of reality. Perfect Phoenix host, and you thought that would go some other way. Phoenix host couldn't even touch her uncle's brain or mine. Yeah, and I didn't. Says and that. I didn't understand Y'all that either it. with that that part of the data page because I'm like, okay, you sit there and you say that okay, I'm not fucking gonna, with him. We're gonna kind of go along with it, and like you said, he takes off the he rips off the band aid, and then you get this like, and then you already speak of him being violently angry when all of this is talked about anyway. So why even why even go at it that 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 branch, like, for what? <laughs> and it's so bad after everything that Balk has been. The worst I've ever. I was saying the worst I've ever seen Vulcan get was when he fought Adam Warlock and he beat Adam Warlock's ass. So why would you play with that? He fucked Adam Warlock up. And Adam Warlock's like, oh, yeah, then I'm going to use magic um, on you. He, he was like, I'm not Captain Marvel, baby. From I'll suck like that shit up, too. Didn't he also beat um, Gladiator's ass, which he's the most, like, the cockier this motherfucker gets, the stronger he gets. So didn't he, and like, so he, yeah, so you, like, so yep. I, I don't understand where Xavier's head was at because if this motherfucker is tanking Adam Warlock, Gladiator, and whoever else, like why would you even go at it from that angle? Like I don't know, Xavier. I don't trust. I don't pay that motherfucker down compared to. I'm sorry, I wouldn't. For 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 clarity's sake, I'm gonna label what his omega level potential is. Is I think he's an omega level absorber of energy because his whole thing is like he's impervious to any attack you can throw at him because no matter what the energy source is, he will absorb it. It's like Gladiator getting hurt him because like every time he punched him, he just absorbed the kinetic energy. Anytime uh, Gene threw like a psychic bullet at him and tried to move him telekinetically, he would just eat that shit up too. The psychotic energy is still a form of energy, which she is, said, I repeat, you, why what Storm just you did. You may be an energy manipulator as well, beautiful. but let me tell you, I'm going to be. Because she did ask this like, 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 fucking time. Yeah, she definitely has control. She definitely has way more experience. Vulcan is way more unhinged. So one thing she got that she knows is control. Like people that are like, you know, either cocky or not really like that trained or whatever. Of course, it will come off like he's, you know, they're, they're, you know, he could be, you know, whoever else. But Storm, she know what the fuck she's doing. She's been in the game for fucking like sixty years. So, like, come on. <laughs>
if she's going to kill him by like suffocating him or just like moving the atmosphere around his head. He says, I'm just not going to let anything touch you, period. There's so many ways she's great. I don't know. Um, the mother I, I never had, no. the sister I've always desired, the friend I've always needed. Uh, Al Ewing has done this comic book thing that I enjoy <laughs> where you do a reveal to the end of a line on the next page. So, like, he did it back in S.W.O.R.D. when they announced her as the region of Soul. She said, Victor, you know my name. I loved when she did that. When she did that. And then in this issue, or this book, <laughs> she did, he did it with but I'm the mother. I saw. She hit him with that. She hit him you with are. that part of you. Me. Bitch, I'm a mother. You win. No drama. The <laughs> 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 so what? Taylor Swift. Hey, who are you listening to? No, that wasn't Taylor Swift. Are you listening to? I don't know what that was. Thor is this that? all Thor? That's Taylor Swift. Yes. Oh, that was weird. Well, at least it wasn't porn. <laughs> yes, we could. <laughs> That's, it was beautiful. I'm not watching porn. It was a TikTok. Has any of us been watching porn while we were uh, recording? Look at it. I didn't know that it was like going to play on the show. <laughs> God. I had to watch my baby daddy. I had, ooh. I just know it's been fucking. That was my man at the time, and I'm allowed to have not sex while I'm working on the show. Okay, I was multitasking. It wasn't my time to talk. And I had my, and I, and then we fucked, and I, and we got our nuts before the motherfucking next time somebody had to talk. I was still on target. I actually was talking through most of it. I was Don't feel through, bad. I had my head really set on y'all. <laughs> Dead ass. It happened oh, to me one episode too. I think it was like three episodes ago. I had put the camera down. I had to mute it. It happened to me too. I was a victim. I was a victim. I was a, I was a victim of Sometimes you gotta fuck with the sex. So if the audience doesn't know. <laughs> so I'm just like, wait. <laughs> So this is what me and Showtime get from being the ones who do show up from our computers. Because we, me and Showtime be, like, right here in front of our laptops, sitting down in chairs, uh, you know, maybe eating a little well, bit. You know, we have been most guilty of, like, I having a little snack to snack. Like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, I was planning to do it. It was like, you know, I was just you sluts. Kind of stuff. And it wasn't like it was like some like it wasn't right, a jump exactly. off. It was my but man. Like, you know, it wasn't like I was there like you know asking for it. You know, he just came up. I was like, "What are you doing?" He said, "Shut up." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how that's how I, that's how I did that's how I did Bay too. I will say I do miss fucking my ex. I used to be so attracted to him physically. He was so hot, mm-hmm. that big old penis stretching out my pussy so loud. I used to get so wet too. Mm-hmm. My, 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 pussy was, my pussy was on full siren. It was on full banshee. Just screaming. So, X been red. Yeah. Dripping. Storm. All right. Oh, so <laughs> it was so good. Mm. 
So we apologize in advance to any any of our um, heterosexual grip and uh, listeners. So time just grab coming on the dick. And if you love on, a dick, girl, maybe you love grip and pause. Yes, more. Yeah, that was me. Mm-hmm. And it was so bad because, like, I was riding him. And it needs to be pushed in air and, and not pushed out gas. Right. So it was so bad. He had on, like, so, like, I was fucking around riding his dick, like, and he had on, like, just since he just pulled his dick off of his boxes or whatever, his drawers, whatever, and he had on all black. Well, the fucking mm-hmm. part was, I already had a load in me already, and so when I, like, when I was riding him, because I, I didn't use any lube, and when I finally pulled off, it was so much nut everywhere, like, I fucked up that man's drawers. It was, like, nut booty juices. It was shit everywhere. Because I had, a, I, cause, like, he used to come a lot, so, like, I already had one nut in me in the chamber. Cause like you know you gotta save it for lube later, and um and then like I wrote him, and then like he nutted me again. It was just nut everywhere, and it was all over his black underwear. You know and and, 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 black, and nut stains black. And the, oh y'all oh, oh y'all see y'all, y'all see my booty do stain from sex today. <laughs> I gotta clean that up. I gotta clean that up because I got booty do stains on the on my sheet. I just washed these sheets today too. God damn it. I feel like I'm mortified for Coa Radio. And and now that begins our lovely circuit party uh, brought to you by um, viewers like us <laughs> and One Man, One Jar. Featuring the stylings of... <laughs> we... I'm not even sure we finished covering X-Men Red. Like, it was the... It was top-tier art and we just we just abandoned yeah, the topic midway no through. Uh, but so, it's fine, you know. Fuck Abigail Brand. I just don't even have left to say. Um, go off manifold. Uh, Aboriginal king. Um, um, Aboriginal what else folks can say? The Fisher King's daddy. So they're just not African. Manifold saying. Um, I'm running down the list real quick. I rather go back. Yeah. So, I'm Black King Manifold, who said, I'm not with this fuck homies. shit. This is a little <laughs> imperialist, a little white woman-y. Frenzy, he looked at Frenzy, was like, bitch, you should so be leaving with me. You look a little old fay right now. Um, in X-Men right Yeah, period. We're going to be working for the Brotherhood. I feel yeah, like really I feel too. like someone should tell Cyclops that Abigail like Brand is running around using terminology like, of the X Men like, uh, without right. having the election. She's getting away with it because Cable nope. is leading the team. Yeah. That's the only reason. But it's like, like no, like the team is really yeah, like, not, like, like nobody is in for it. And like I don't know, we discussed it. I don't think we did. Nepotism. But like quickly, who's black man yeah, fights? This white woman about to lead us to death. I'm out. This is part of the. Yeah, this, co- this colonizer is about to kill us. Y'all, y'all have fun with this hussy. I'm out. That Negro sense is danger. Anyway, Abigail, I'm out. You musty hussy. We all know Abigail Wells. We all know Abigail. Yeah, Abigail she got Brand that. Oh, I got mixed kids. I got mixed kids here too. I feel like I got Mysterium. I got me a whole thing of Mysterium, and I got Tusty deodorant. And he's the integral part of the I don't get Mysterium without Manifold because he's a part of the six and he's required to go get it. And, and that man, he quit. He even like, I'm not... 
He's the integral part. He's like, I don't even want to be on the team. Like, I quit. Like, well, I think Blinken... You don't have uh, a poppy power duplicator. Replacement if he quits. I think it could lie. I think I'm going to data page. I think... I agree. Because he's he can't do it. Rather than teleports. Right, yeah. I don't know how effective that is. It sounds dangerous. That's like... That sounds... But I would not about Blink, though. Blink the only person you have to think to ask is Latuka, because Latuka is his Omega. Um, which I think she, I feel no, like they're gonna lean into that. No. I would say maybe I, I, not bad, but she's not manifold. I mean, at this point, you can fall in love with manifold. Oh, I feel I like it's like coming up as manifold is going to join the brotherhood, and then he's gonna link up with Latuka, he's gonna have a little moment, and Latuka gonna and say he's something like, to him. Uh, he's like Manifold. Oh, you seem quite nicely. Verbally talk to Latuka. Latuka feels like a supportive girl. You know, Latuka would be like, you know what? You you talk to universe. I think I think a power unification between him and Storm would be a fucking iconic feat. Hello, nephew. Hey, nephew. They should they should have babies. No power unification. No. Yeah, but Manifold would never sleep with Storm. Manifold oh, he said power unification. I thought you said like fucking. I was like, yeah, but Manifold would. Uh, Shuri. T'Challa is but his best Manifold friend. They literally be? said they're best friends. So wait, 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 wait. Is there a possibility that Manifold and Shuri can make the ancestors of Bishop? Are they really? Yeah. Uh, no. Gate. Yeah, that's the theory that we have for a while. At least I have is that like Bishop is descended from his grandma somehow. Um, But Manifold is not related to Gateway, so they would have to like make that a thing somehow. And why hasn't Bishop not been erased from from, from reality yet? Is he a man out of time? Does does his timeline even exist anymore? I mean, technically, so would um, Rachel. Rachel would have to go too. No. Probably. Well, they're outside. They've been outside the timeline for so long. They established that they are just cons- they're just attached to this timeline now. Even if they're how they time travel wasn't backwards. It was more so like I don't get into time travel theory. It's like way too complicated in terms of like the different versions of time travel that exist. One of it is just multiverse theory, where you're just leaping to another multiverse, or you're just moving to a space and time that the energy there represents the delayed time and space, like the delayed space in time, like you just move to another location where the time, everything around reflects a time period from another time. You're not actually traveling across perception or a linear thing. You're just getting up and moving like all the way to this other part of your universe where it looks like the time period is different. This is, it's I'm not explaining it with enough nuance and I'm not going to. Uh it's gonna take me it's gonna be like me trying to explain what Exodus did with Latuka to move Araco to Mars. Yeah, he did that, but for some reason some people don't understand exactly how that works. So that's not he's not his powers in teleportation. I was like, no, yeah, but he's a telekinetic. And that's how he's strong he enough he to teleport. bend the quantum strings around a location to make it do weird shit, basically. 
he basically and did Lechuk. enough telekinesis to do what Mad Jim Jaspers does. Yeah. The only issue was he does not know where to put it. So and Lechuka did. Distance. Without like literally splitting Mars in half because you can't move a entire continent or entire island through time and space. Like a, a meteor the size of an island would destroy a planet. Like an island as big as Araka would destroy a planet. But that's that's been science with the council. The doctor and the professor have convened and helped you out through that. Um all hail Araka, Tarn beat that nigga's ass. I already know he's gonna say something slick about Storm. You know, you a storm, you are a storm stand. You know, Tarn don't fuck around by his girl. And Storm don't fuck with him. But at the same time, you know, you don't have to fuck with her for you to sit there. You hear if you hear that summer's boy in front of his fucking mouth, rip out his ex gene and beat him with it. Thank you. Turn to shreds. Period. I think that's how we're going to find out what happens with Alkin because the biokinetic and he was genetically modified. If you look at him and just go, you know, you've been edited, right? <laughs> it's like right there. I can see it, baby. You are so weak. You're being manipulated. You don't even know why. How laughable. You could never be Storm. You could never be Storm. You're not worthy to do what she does. I mean, at least. He's like, that's my main he bitch. Said, I might not like any mutants. I think all that's my jokes. Not Storm. Not another. <laughs> that's the one. The that's the one. Knife, what do you have? <laughs> she stabbed me and I fell in love. Because Storm is a goddess life. That's, so that's my goddess. Nothing. Because this whole thing is his power. Granted, he's a very good power. To go toe-to-toe with Adam Warlock is not a small mm-hmm. thing. Adam Warlock is big nuts powerful. He's a stellar sorcerer. Adam Warlock is not to be played with. It just so happens, this is rock, paper, scissors. You're a fire type going up against a water type, baby. You're going to lose. Okay, so for today, for the circuit party, we're going to be doing something fun. Hit it, showtime. Circuit party. Wow. Thank you, showtime. Circuit party. Um... For today's circuit party, we're going to be discussing something that had consumed the timeline. Um, we're going to be ranking our own comic queen, uh, comic book queen panel, which is basically to say, who are the three characters? I might, I don't want to limit it to just the X Men. I'm going to open it up. We're going to do for the first time ever. We're going to open up all of our comic book knowledge and say, if you had to crown three women as the queens of comics, who would it be? And why? If we're all going to say Storm, because I know that's going to happen. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I would like wait, to wait, hear wait, wait. What's the question your again? personal reason right. so why you chose Storm. Because everyone loves Storm for a different reason. Like in general or like... Oh, so oh, we're going to choose our three queens general. of comics. 
Three um, queens of comics. And are we three queens of comics? Queens I just know us. Or are we using queens non-gender specifically? Like Sissy Bobby? Okay. We're doing it like the gays. Uh, if you're a queen, you're a queen. Doesn't matter what your gender is. So we're going to open it up to make it a bit more mm-hmm. difficult for all of us. And we're going to do all comics. But just because we know we we started a podcast for X-Men, we already know that X-Men is going to make it that list. They're going to make it the cut. No, I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm but I also know each of us are probably going to choose Storm. Okay. So Storm is going to be the freebie. She's not, she's not That's my, the free space. She's not even in my, my top 10 of like favorite characters at all because Storm's storyline is always Henry goes a first. bunch of bullshit. It's not until recently that she's actually had a palpable storyline. Other than that, Storm is always an accessory to white people bullshit. And a misogyny and massage noir. So, like, I usually don't go up for Storm. I don't think she's that that remarkable of a character, besides her power set and what they present on the X Men uh, animated series. But story wise, she's always a plot device with a scapegoat. I'm just she just has a terrible backstory. Outside of the like the the uh, what's the shit the claustrophobia, which we don't we don't talk about anymore, and her relationship with the Shadow King. Like, what does Storm really do besides always mm. save white folks white folks out of the white people problems? She's always, she's always like, she's always like, the like the the safe Negro friend that's like, oh, it's okay, Storm can save us, you know, because she knows she's black, and she's a diversity hire. They treat her like she's a diversity hire. But Storm is much more, much more. I will say this: Storm is a is a very essential and palpable character, but they don't really ever give her a great storyline. And I, and I'm appreciating now that Al Ewing is actually putting in the work. To give Storm some like gravitas and some and some and some depth and some and some and some ineptitude, not ineptitude, but that's the word I'm looking for. Um, latitude to do better things, but it's just like, like girl, you've been in publication for a few decades. Like, yikes! Like, they they the they the they the attach her to some useless ass man, and that's it. And minus the whole thing that was on Twitter or TikTok about, I think it was. I think it was Steven's TikTok about like Storm not allowed to be powerful because she has to be, I mean, I mean, not allowed to be out of control because she has to be the one in control all the time. It, it, Storm is written very, very uh, purposefully in a way that I don't like that is that utilizes her blackness as a, as a service to white characters. So I'm not, she's never in my top 10. Great character. Great fashion sense, great everything. She just would never be in my top ten until they give her a better story. This now, you go for Notch says, but you're not in my top ten. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm about to be attacked. Uh, my top three favorite characters. I love you here. I love you. This, I love, I this love is your top three. I respect your. I love you. I respect your opinion. Go ahead with your top. Three. No, Vontae's body language <laughs> visibly shifted. So, just get your top. My top three. three queens of all time would be um, definitely Sink because I'm always going to be a Sink stand no matter what he's going on. I pray one day I can cosplay him. I got the ball head. I need to get in the gym or get me a girdle. Um, I would say Sink, then. Very obscure. I really have a thing for like Megatron, his evilness, but it's very layered. So I'm a very good, very big Megatron fan. Um, you know, he's not my favorite Transformer, but he's one of my favorite characters. Um, and I will say my 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 third like favorite of all time character would have to be Jean Grey for very problematic reasons. 
I like steam broccoli. I like um I like you like steam killing broccoli. I love families that hate my children because they exist in the same power set that I do. Um, I love philandering uh, people with red eyes, and I enjoy little short, thick men with hairy bodies and big, huge, musty dicks. And I'm a manipulative, and I'm also a, a potentially manipulative Pisces. So, mm-hmm. me and Gene kind of get it. Interesting. <laughs> Marshall's gonna kill me. So, showtime. You up next. Your top three. Uh, wow. I oh, yeah. I am at That's a loss it. of words here. Um Okay. Uh all right. My you know what? I'm gonna be unexpected here. My top three are going to be uh Sage. Oh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Monica Rambeau mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, Jericho Drum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are my three. I'm only discluding Storm because I just want to hear y'all say Interesting. Um, y'all know she's there. Well, I know, I know two Avante, so let's get to so, that. So I'm going to go ahead. Well, I, I, look, don't read me. Um, I'm going to go ahead and um, exclude Storm because yeah, you know, I know that that's my bitch. You know, I ride for her. <laughs> and I'm going to say, you know, white men are, you know, tainting her potential to use her as a plot device as um uh, Henry was saying, you know, she had uh, to me. She's 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 had good story. She she's had good storylines, but she they've never really explored what they could. Sorry. So, um, they never explored what they could have with her. Um, so I would say that my top three, Auntie. excluded storm, would definitely have to be. Diana of Themyscira, because that's my... I don't fuck what nobody says. Diana... Wonder Woman is a bad bitch. Wonder Woman is a bad... Wonder Woman is a bad bitch. Like, we're talking about, like, one of the fiercest, like, fucking... She's, like, top ten in the DC fighters. Like, not even about the fighters, but it's like, she's all about, you know, unity and keeping the peace, but, like, she can get... She can deliver that fame. It's not a problem for her. So I love Diana because she's like she's a leader. She's she's peaceful, but she's a warrior. She she's she got all of that shit going on. Uh, I would say who's another one? I would say I, I would put um, Sue Storm. Sue Storm could Sue Storm's a cute girl. I think Sue Storm is a cute girl. Uh, for the Fantastic Four, I think she's the only reason why anybody. I think she's. I, I, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna just say this. I think she. You know, she's a Karen at times. She can be portrayed as a Karen, but nobody really checked for the Fantastic Four except for Sue and the kids. And me and me and Showtime have already agreed on that. That's the. Absolutely. 
If it is or, not Sue and the yeah, children and, and, and maybe and the Doom, maker, like you can that's keep the it. only reason why we we're we're really checking for that. Because Sue is like the heart of that team. Like she's like the first female of the of a Marvel family. So I'm giving her just this. And Sue has really developed and just turning invisible to just making protective force fields to Taking out fucking uh, Celestials and whole Avengers teams, and we have some heavy hitters. So I'm not going to sleep on Sue. I'm going to give her her just due. So she'll make it onto, you know, my top three. And then the last one I would have to say would be... Um, I battled with this one. I really did. I really want to say Starfire. I really want to... I really want to say Starfire because oh. everybody, aside from Raven, you know, because you know, you know, we love Trigon's daughter, but aside from her, I really feel like she is like the Beyonce of the Teen Titans. I ain't gonna say of DC, but I will say the Teen Titans because she definitely has like this. She definitely brings like a sultry warrior type of vibe to that team and she she's displayed on several different occasions that like she'll light your ass up and not give a fuck about it you know what i'm saying but at the same time she's still it, it's cute that she's still gullible to earth's ways and she's still trying to fit in and all of this stuff so i really think that she's a really cute character um i'm talking like comically and like in like the animated series you know i always stand starfire in the animated series so i think that she's a great character too um so i would definitely say those would be my three my in my in my reasoning Okay, so I have a very difficult list to hit Um because I have the actually Showtime made it a bit easier for me because I'm not going to say Jericho Drum. This off the strength that Showtime already introduced him um, as a as a reasoning. But however, I want to say this and think about like this. That I think like a writer, right? And so I like storylines. I like what it has to do with the wider narrative. Some of these choices don't reflect characters I personally like, especially after the MCU did its thing and like people started writing the characters as they've been depicted in the films rather than as they are in their history. Doctor Strange in the 1990s was the best version of Doctor Strange. Period. Period. The best version. Because he had a better sense of self and why he was doing what he was doing. And his ego was counterbalanced with a desire to like live up to the expectations, but also like the the feeling that his the, his loss of his hands, the sacrifice of his hands, were had to mean something. Um, because like he gave up everything. That's what's his in terms of like literature when like sorcerers make a big sacrifice. His sacrifice for his powers were his hands. And so he goes about everything he does with that responsibility. And he thinks it just means that he is the best person to do it. But in reality, every sorcery he comes across goes, we're actually better than you. We just don't want to do it. <laughs> so I appreciate that. I fuck with that. I like all his Elseworlds comics. And like I like 
his 1990s incarnation. Like those Doctor Strange books are fantastic. Um, and I he attaches me to Jericho because without Doctor Strange, you would not have Jericho drum. Um, and all my favorite magical characters in the Marvel Universe are attached in a Doctor Strange book. I'm going to say Storm. Uh, bold face because no one else, everyone else accepted uh-huh. it, but I, I literally disagree with everything Henry said. <laughs> Every single thing Henry said, I disagreed with. And I want y'all to use your radical imagination. Why? Because I'm the youngest person here. So my introduction to the comic books were strictly through the lens of first the animated series, then the films, and then inheriting like a surveying. Like I, I stayed on the tips of the comic books because I didn't have the money to go buy a book myself. Like my family was poor. We didn't have any residual income. I didn't get an allowance. Specifically, I think I think a lot of black kids didn't, but like specifically because we could not afford to even give me five dollars a week um, for shit. So it just wasn't happening. So I read the comics first through the wiki pages. And then when I got a library card, for the first time, I would go to the library and check out those paperbacks and the hardbacks. And I would literally survey the comics through that until I got deeper into the comics and I could afford to do it afterwards. So my first introduction to heroes was like Storm being who she was. And they did the Mother Queen thing. They did the dither. But imagine my surprise when you like go into her wider stories and you see her as wild as she is. I think the best and most honest versions of Storm happens in very specific stories because the same reason that Henry says, like these characters, these writers were so inept that they did not know what they had on their hand, in their hands. And Claremont literally calls them out for that shit. Like he says, they should not be writing any of his characters because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. And I think specifically what he means is they fucked up Storm um, in every way, shape, and form, because they misunderstood who she represents and what she represents, and like the fact right. that she needs so, like, I, to I, yearn I you, for about, like, the ability to her, be like, free. Claustrophobia, um, shadow I game, didn't. Claremont era was great, but anything after that, it's just been like, between... what the fuck are y'all doing with her? Yeah. And like no. until recently, <laughs> no, I'm oh, sorry. Go I ahead. This is your like, it definitely depends on the writer because there's writers. There have been writers that have verbal like actually verbalized that they didn't understand Storm, they didn't understand her abilities, they never understood like what she, you know, what she had going on. So they really ain't know what the hell to do with her. And yeah, yeah, why the fans loved her or anything like that. So I definitely think it did have not to like invalidate, you know, Henry's opinion, but why the fans it love was, her. Like, you know, it definitely is a thing where, you know, it depends on it depends on the writer because with Claremont, you know, he's been he's been problematic in certain areas, but with Storm, he all like she was always doing something. She was always like active. So it wasn't like a thing where, you know, she she did she did this one thing and then it was like, okay, you know, we forgot about it. You know, it was like, I mean, she's been the bride of drag. Yeah, yeah like like that's like that's it. You'll see her throwing a chase in a lightning bolt, maybe a gust of wind here, you'd be lucky if you see a snowflake in the next I mean, lightning bolt, lightning you know, bolt, so wind. Not, you know, nothing like that, <laughs> but, you know, she's been, like, the bride of Dracula. She's, you know, been the host for, you know, the Aconte, like, all, like, she, I mean, it's, Claremont did a lot with her during his run, so, I mean, she, 
I don't know. It just depends on the writer because, like, like Henry said, it's like, what the fuck do y'all be doing with with her? Like, absolutely nothing. <laughs> Right. Mm. Right. It's like Josh Wheaton chose Kitty Pride to be on his X Men team over Storm, and that is a glaring omission. Um, but I would say that it's the same thing we can say about every black character who's been in comics. It's like white people not really understanding our narratives. Like we still deal with that today, and it's. It says a lot that a character who's been ch- treated like that can withstand longevity and be that important to an entire archetype of people. Like, again, there's the debates that happen around this that inspired this circuit party uh, is the fact that no one denied the fact that Storm deserved her seat at the table, even among someone like Diana. Like, the fact that she was compared to Diana in the first place in so many different incarnations is important. And I don't know. I just feel like the storylines that she got, despite them being, like, kind of far-flung, still residually apply. Like, we hate... Every comic book thing I know really hates her marriage to T'Challa. But I read those comics, and I saw what they were doing with her in those narratives, and I felt like those storylines, though she became basically an, an equalizing force to T'Challa and his reign over Wakanda and the protection of Wakanda itself, I do think it was a necessary step for them to reevaluate exactly what she can contribute to mutant kind. Because when she was in Wakanda, she was the mutant queen, but she was just a superhero. Like, that's when she finally was inaugurated into the Avengers by proxy of her connection to T'Challa. I think the most important scene that you can see in her is the wordless scene of her when they said we were going to go to war with the mutants. She got up and she left wordlessly. And it's the most iconic scene, I think, is because it said a lot. And it said even more that T'Challa was like, don't stop her. Like, this is what she has to do. Don't stop her. Do not prevent her from going to do this. Um, so the star, the story of like, Storm for me is just really important, I think, uh, as a Black writer and also as a Black person. I feel like you can't tell the story of the history of black culture in comic books without including Storm there. And that cements her to me, at least, uh, in like why she is worthy of being in the top five outside of her like long standing contributions to the X-Men. To me, she you can't say X-Men without Storm. Um, even when they diminished her character to the sidelines, she still stuck out. Um, but that's only my top two so far. I think I want to say Diana uh, would be one of them, but there's an aspect of me that feels like that's a cop-out. Because Diana and Batman and Superman, I'm not actively reading. Like, I support uh, Batman. I roll my eyes every time Superman is on the page. Um, and the Batman I like isn't, like, specifically any incarnation you typically get. I like Batman when he's dealing with the Al Ghuls in the Legion of, uh, League of Shadows, and I like Batman when he's actually showing he's an exceptional at something. I mean, he's not doing his low-level shit. I don't even honestly... I've never read The Killing Joke because I never felt like I needed to. I felt like it's just... Yeah, same. It's just... It's just never really hit for me. Like, I don't feel like I need to read his low-level stuff. I like his Al Ghul stuff, but I think I just like the Al Ghul's period. Like, I like his characters around him more than I like him. Um, I even like Damian Wayne. 
I like him. I like he's a little assassin. I enjoy that. It's very Naruto is the thing about it. Damian Wayne is a little Naruto. That's this whole thing. Um, I like Duke Thomas because he's finally a black. He was supposed to be the black Robin. Robin. We got cheated out of that shit. So I guess we just got to deal with having Robin. Yes. He was. He went when he was a part of a game. He went by Robin. Just saying. The sharks. (laughs) The jets. (laughs) And now everything is continuity, no matter what. Technically, technically. So we got it. We got it. You know, we got it. It's such a good book. Such a good book. Mm -hmm. Listen, listen. I do like Dark Knights of Steel, though. That's a really good book. Um, It's so wonderful. You just. I feel like they're going to do like an Elseworlds thing, which is going to be their yeah. version of the Ultimate Comic. I hope they continue it. I hope I can buy like big trade. I, get, I can't wait to get that heavy shit in the mail and like put it somewhere nice. Uh, good job on that. So like you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like like Dark Knights of Steel, uh, uh, the deceased, those type of comics. Did that include Harley like, Quinn? So, they're so good. It's, it's wild. Um, so I think my final one on the list will be Static. Static Shock. Um, because of the cartoon's contribution, I only knew him from the cartoons. And I'm saving up to, like, really invest in the Milestone universe with, like, a lot of intentional forethought. But I've read the Static comics so far, like, the first issue. I'm like, this is phenomenal. Like, it's written kind of like how you would want a solo from Storm to be with, like, deep introspection. I feel like it's a necessary part of Storm. You write a comic... It's not called Purple Pearls. Like she's deeply introspective about a lot of shit. Um, like, you can't just have her be one note. Like, oh, this is the queen of me. I really... That's why I like uh, what Ewing is doing is because he acknowledges that people have confused her with when she was queen of Wakanda. But the key and core point, which me and Aurora's one have discussed because he's read the fanfic I wrote just as a spec script. So in case I need to show anything, someone who thinks I can't write comic books. The thing I've always hated about Storm is that shit that happened in X-Men Volume 4 when Rachel called her a dither. It stood out to me because it was so insulting because that's not who she is. I'm like, she's a... I want to lie when I say she's a gutter snipe. She's a hood rat bitch. And that is deep in her core, but it goes to war with everything else that she learned to be. And even though she left that godhead state of being like, I need to be higher than all this human shit, I can't lose control. I can't do anything else other than be in control which is why her ability is so acute, is the fact that her mission in life is to get to that point of ultimate freedom. Like, she is a god. I don't care what anyone else says. She is a god. There is no real cutting around that she does everything a god does. She has more feats than Thor himself. And that is the terrific aspect. I thought she died once. It has died less times than Thor. That doesn't count because father. I don't know. Yeah. I just also that was time. That's so, a time reversal really magic that. thing that didn't happen. She is that bitch. But static. Have you have you read the other milestones book? All free static. Books? Static is that the, nigga. Um, um, hardware. He... Yeah. 
I'm trying to get into like blood sending. Okay. I know. I don't. Trying, I don't know. Um, I'm not reading some of them because they're who they're trying, written by. I've been trying to read. Uh, I'm not reading Blessed uh, and Kids. Uh, I saw. I was excited to read Blessed and Kids. Then I saw who was writing it. I, I do need that. to finish. What is it? Uh, I don't fuck rocket, with that man. Uh, I don't. Uh, rocket. Yeah, I kind of rocket, but um, I kind of rocket. And static. And static. Why is? Why is Geoff writing so many fucking books for the Milestone universe? He's not McDuffie. He's not McDuffie. He's actually not that good of a writer, period. And I'm going to say that with my full chest. He's not. I don't think he should be having as much control over these Milestone books as he does. I don't. He's the only writer they've been commissioning for a lot of this shit. And, like, that's not... That's weird. First of all, that's weird to find the one black writer who y'all have always gone to and go, can you write our diversity initiative in honor of, of McDuffie? When I'm like, McDuffie would look at this shit and go, what the fuck is going on? Like, it's a mockery of what Milestone represents, honestly. Like, I, my father had the collection of Milestone comics. I was supposed to inherit them. Let's not get into that. But, like, I don't know. I don't like the feeling of, like, even them doing that initiative like a year and a half ago where they were going like let's ask um this task force and you, everyone can submit their submissions to apply to be a part of this fellowship and it will just like churn out a bunch of milestones we'll pick from new writers and stuff and they or that name of room writers just said we'll just pick from writers to do this milestone initiative and they just completely ignore all the people who are still living who worked on milestone it's dirty um, but that's my observation. Those are my uh, top four. I didn't say T'Challa because as much as I love T'Challa and I do, he's, I know more about, like, as much about Wakanda and Black Panther's lore as I do about the X-Men. Um, but for some reason, deep in my spirit, that's for me as well. he ranks top five, but not my top three. And I don't know what that... It's like something, I don't know. It's just something I think after a lot of like African indigenous folk have talked about T'Challa and Wakanda, I think it soured a bit of my observations about him. Because it is a very um, Western black American like idea, which is also compounded by the fact that he's not, he wasn't originated by black writers. And so there is a lot that can be said about his a lot a goes in, that went into it versus what he's now black writers, though. Because that, um, uh, was it Stanley and Jack Kirby that wrote him originally? Mm -hmm. uh, their run wasn't, it was like, bleh. And then you get to, mm -hmm. who was the first one? Christopher Priest and Reginald Hudlin and then even Ta-Nehisi Coates and now John Ridley. They have all expanded the character in ways that like push the boundaries of telling stories about black people and how it, Wakanda in that context would, would play a role. Especially when, especially when like Afro futuristic like writers got a hold of it. Like Nanetti Okorafor's run on Shuri, yep. like literally dragged those niggas for filth for what they depicted about how Africa would consider it. Wakanda, like it was 
Um, Roxanne Gay, literally what she did with the Midnight Angels, revolutionized how we look at the fucking Dora Milaje um, as a force. This is all great, but that's all I have. Um, and that leads us to the no end of the idea. show, guys. That leads us to the end. So what are we like, looking forward to reading for next week? The, X, the X-Men books are so far behind right now, and they're playing like this really like... We say this every uh, single time. game of catch-up, which I really don't like because trying to do five books in one show was a lot. Like, girl. I mean, not, not that we don't have the bandwidth, but girl. Like, calm down. Like, Marvel? Uh, let me see if I can look real quick. Uh, next week we have we have Legion it don't of gotta X, give one, like this about fucking time I, we asked the question we never have the thing uh, open what else is that it that's it that's all I see on the, on the comic website that I get my shit from from Midtown Comics on their app only thing I see is Legion of X <laughs> they should have spread the books out until next week before Right. They should have spread these ones. For yeah, they should, they, should, they should have pushed everything in there. Like, yeah. push half the books into the next. Yeah, that's really it is the only thing. Um, not X Men Red. Maybe like a uh, Wolverine. Um, I don't know. It's just not giving. I feel like there's a bunch of indie stuff coming out next week, though, that they didn't want to compete uh, with. Shadow War is going on right now. Like, what's and going on in DC? I feel like War that's when Devil Dark Knight steals coming out. On right now. Oh, yeah. And they skipped this one. Rated none of that shit. Yeah. It's. It's going down. DC loses my interest. You're not reading um, Shadow War? Shadow War is actually pretty good. DC loses my interest really, Oh, and really Fables quickly. just dropped again. I forgot about that. I love Fables. And they have Aquaman. They got Beyond the White Knight. A lot of Batman books. But there's always so many goddamn Batman books. Why do I see a black man as a widower? Or at least he looks black. Harley Quinn. I meant when I said in the timeline about Harley Quinn. She's not an icon. I'm sorry, she's not a legend. She might be iconic, but she's not a legend. They really got mad when I said like her best feats are shit that's not even canon, and it's true. It's true. I'm sorry. You put oh, her into shit when you want to sell. She's the oh Deadpool of DC. I would cuss everybody out. Oh my god, it'll be the most annoying shit ever. It'll be if Margot Robbie. I love Margot Robbie. She'll be a great movie. I'm gonna go watch it. But it'll be the most annoying movie ever. I don't think they will be able to execute that balance right. If they ever did another cross gen shit, like Harley Quinn versus Deadpool will be a ongoing comic and will outstretch the event itself, and it will keep selling books. Which is Harley Quinn and Deadpool teaming up to do random oh, shit. Random bisexual shit. But okay, thank you guys so much for stopping by this week. Um, make sure you tip us all individually. Um, minimum donations are $10. So make sure you set aside $40 for your next paycheck. Come see me. I'm in bed style.
And if you're in if Columbus you're in and you like to go on gargoyle nuts, you um, hit me up. And what I'm gonna follow that up with. And I think you you're cuss the fuck out, and so am I. If you come over this way, so. <laughs> So let's uh let's let's keep that know, over right. this way. Uh, support the other three. <laughs> Especially him. Especially Thank him. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys for stopping by and remember. And remember, X uh Iraq. Oh, I'm sorry. 